This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 656, Comic Talk, Marvel Book Previews, September to December 2019, with Eric Anthony. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 676. I'm once again taking a look at the Marvel Book Previews catalog, this time for September to December 2019, with my good friend and fellow uh, podcaster, Eric Anthony, of the uh, Cave of Solitude podcast. He's going to be joining me in just a moment, and we're going to go through, for the next two hours or so, we're going to go through all the upcoming releases, uh, trade paperback, hardcover-wise, uh, basically every collected edition that Marvel's going to be publishing between September and December 2019. A lot of these are already on Amazon and have been for a while, but now we're getting confirmation of all their uh, all the contents. We're getting some covers, etc. So um, if you want to follow along, you can find a, 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 the link to the catalog on the Marvel Masterworks forum under, I believe... Hachette book previews or something like that Um, or you just listen to us and we'll kind of talk about all these books that are coming out so a lot of material Um, I think we aimed originally well me naively was hoping we could get it in and as my wife would say a tight hour Uh, it ended up being more like two just like our first episode where we did this so I should just uh, get used to the idea that when we go through these book catalogs uh, it's always going to be a two hour episode if you want to email me you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com you can also rate and review us on iTunes subscribe to us on iTunes and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks uh, for joining, and once again, let's jump right into an episode as I con- as I have a nice long conversation with Eric Anthony. Eric, welcome back to Comic Shenanigans. How are you? I am doing great, Adam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, this time we're, uh, we're we're basically doing the same thing as last time. We're looking at uh, the Hachette book catalog or whatever you want to call it. But uh, it feels like this time we're doing it when it's actually released. Whereas I think last time it had been out a little while and circulated. People were kind of used to some of the product, but it just got dropped like a day or two ago. So this is exciting new stuff. And and when are we going to post this one? Are we going to be ahead of everybody, or are we going to try to time it? Oh, there is the, yeah, there is no timing. This is coming out May tenth or eleventh. Oh, awesome! Okay, cool. <laughs> so, this, so this is new. This is exciting. I mean, for, to be honest, those people who are like us may already know about a lot of these books coming out anyway from looking at advanced Amazon listings, that kind of stuff. But now we have like full details. In some cases, we have like you know uh, cover images. So this is where everything kind of gets firmed up, and you know it's actually coming. Yes, let's do it. So this time we're looking at the Marvel Book Previews catalog. Uh, it's number 19, apparently. I didn't. I don't remember a number last time. Uh, it's September to December 2019. Uh, and just that back cover there, I guess, is uh, absolute carnage. I can't I can't see the back cover on the file that you sent me. Oh, it's, a, it's like a giant image for the... the it's like the, the Book Previews catalog, which is the House of X or uh, whatever that is. And then on the left, there's absolute carnage. You don't see that? No, I, I see Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman. Yeah. And then a white page. Oh, weird. That's that's it. And then the Marvel book previews is just a yellow page. No, that's Im- it. no image on it. Weird. Okay, well, I, I see actual images. Oh, okay. I'm jealous. You got a better version. I mean, this is this is podcasting <laughs> gold right now. Uh. <laughs> Talking about white pages. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the first actual book that's actually listed here for September. Now, it's interesting that on the left-hand side, and I guess this is like a subgrouping now, you have a little icon for Marvel Pop Art Productions. 
uh, which we haven't really, I don't remember seeing last time. And we have these Marvel monographs, which we've seen a bunch that are going to show up in this catalog, which again, I don't remember ever seeing uh, listed before. And this one's The Art of Assad Ribic. And it's interesting, it's a soft cover as well and not a hardcover, whereas we've had previous kind of Marvel art books that we've seen in the past have all been hardcover. So it's interesting, they're kind of moving into this soft cover Marvel monograph new title line. So what, is, what are these books exactly? We don't know. I've seen. Okay, okay. I mean, I would imagine it's going to be, you know, a bunch of... It's basically an art book of different things he's done throughout the years at Marvel. Um, and I, again, we're going to... Do you think it'll be, be like the visionaries were? Like, no. Feature, like an art... Oh, okay. I think this is going to be, like, I don't know if you have... Um, like, they did a, a few years ago, they did, like, a the Marvel art of Mike Diodato and the Marvel art of John Amita Jr., the Marvel art of Joe Quesada, those types of books. And it was basically yeah. just art books of just various different art they've done, not an actual, like, issue, uh, just kind of selected panels, selected covers. With a guy like Asad Ribic, he's done most, I mean, he's done interiors, obviously, but I feel like he's probably more famous for his covers these days. Um, not that he doesn't do interiors as well. So I'm excited to see what this looks like, and the idea of having kind of a nice series of kind of Marvel art books is, is definitely a promising idea. Cool. Would you be interested in these for yourself, or would it be select artists? I think it would be select artists. I feel like a one like this would be probably more likely to buy because he's an artist who I think works uh, – not that his storytelling isn't good because it is, but I think there's just something about his kind of standalone cover images that work really well, kind of like an Alex Ross. Uh, I like right. Alex Ross's uh, you know interiors as well, but there's just something about – just the, the the bare image of a cover that he's able to sell, whereas some artists are they're just their storytelling is so good you don't want to get just a bunch of pinups you want to actually see them telling a story. Uh, Chris Somney for me is kind of like that where his storytelling is so on point that I, I feel like it'd be a waste to not get like so, like selected issues or selected uh, stories. Whereas someone like Assad Ribic or uh, you know Alex Ross just having a cover is just fine. Yeah, there there are things you can put in in your home. And nobody would be like, why do you got cartoons on your wall? It's like, it's, it's art's art, right? For sure. And it's interesting. Yeah. So listed as author here is uh, John Rhett Thomas, otherwise known as Gormu on the Marvel Masterworks Forum, who's been a frequent guest of my show in the past. So uh, I got to talk to him at some point about, you know, how he's kind of working on these monograph books now. Yeah, that's, I was thinking that too when I saw the name there. Now, it's interesting. Would you have ever noticed that name before? <laughs> no, but I, I've listened to almost every episode you've done with him because I like when you guys go through you know all the catalogs of stuff things coming out I'm a sucker for that crap <laughs> <laughs> thanks for calling it's, it crap I guess <laughs> no it's, it's, it's the fact that I love it so much and while I'm listening I'm buying things <laughs> so I, I will use the term crap because it, it hurts the pocketbook but I love it so much <laughs> fair enough uh, next up, we have uh, one of the Age of Conan books. This is, uh, I guess, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Belet or Belit or Queen of the Black Coast? Yeah. So when when uh, Marvel got the Conan property back, I started buying Savage Sword and as well as the Conan the Barbarian books, which I'd never read any Conan before. But I was like, you know what? Me neither. I'll give this a shot. Why not? Especially because one of them had uh, Jerry Duggan and Ron Garney on it. And I, I actually think that's a better book than the main Conan book, not to take anything away from Jason Aaron. Um, and then this book, I was like, I remember I saw the covers. And I was like, well, very kind of sexualized. But then the art is so completely different. And it's actually been really interesting. I've been reading it digitally. I didn't actually end up okay. picking up the singles for it. But uh, I was reading someone else's digital copies that they lent me. And uh, it's actually a really fun book. I'm probably going to pick up the trade. Uh, I did not expect to enjoy it necessarily. I don't know anything about the character, um, but I'm really digging the uh, origin story for this character. Cool. Hey, I want. I, I'm looking forward to 
Uh, I, I always wanted to read Conan that uh, Kurt Busiek worked mm-hmm. on when, when it was uh, with Dark Horse, which is now being published in Marvel Epic. So I want to pick those up at some point. But you actually turned me on to um, an Amazon sale for the digital version of that book. And I, I have it. It just I got to get around to, to reading it. But the Jason Aaron and Savage Sword stuff, it, it, when it's collected in trade, it'll definitely be something I'll, I want to check out. But this, mm, I, I don't know enough about it to for it to pique my interest. But yeah, it looks... I take your word for it if the storytelling is strong. I mean, I feel like you don't need to know anything about Conan or any like anything. It really just kind of works on its own merits. It just uh, it just has this this story which is kind of a swashbuckling woman who you know or a girl who's becoming a woman and becoming you know this this queen uh, pirate queen. It's really cool. But if you look at I guess the page after the listing, you can see kind of I guess what's going to be the cover, and you can kind of see what maybe turned me off from it. Um, because it was just like I don't know if I want to read this. Like I, I almost would feel weird walking up to the <laughs> to buy this because just it, it just appears so sexualized. And again, the interior art is nothing like this. Right, right. And like yeah, I saw this at my shop myself. And and right and for, for me it was just a reason not to pick it up. It just it was so it took me aback. So here's a tangent question for you, not related to Marvel. How do you feel about you know sexualized stories in comic books? Um, there is a time and a place, I guess. I it really depends on the on the on the subject matter, um, who's being sexualized, how they're being sexualized. Um, I don't know. It's not something I really not something I look for. Uh, not something it's that not ever the place you go to to look for that sort of thing. No, no, not at all. Right. It's it's not right. why I'm reading comics. Right. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, obviously, I grew up in a period where there was hypersexualization because I mean, it was the '90s, so everyone was extreme, um, and you know, women had very accentuated body types, and so did men, to be fair. But uh, like, I grew up in that period, but I don't find a need for it. Um, I don't. I, I don't need my comics to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I feel the same way. Uh, we move into some War of the Realms books. Uh, we've got War of the Realms, Amazing Spider-Man, and Daredevil. So just putting, I guess, both those miniseries into one collection. Uh, I haven't just really decided if I'm going to be reading a lot of War of the Realms. Like, I haven't really gotten there yet in my reading, so I'm not sure if I'm going to pick up any of them in trade. There's also a War of the Realms uh, Strike Force trade paperback, which looks like it just kind of has a variety of different kind of one-shots as part of the War of the Realms. Uh, I don't think I'm going to pick up a lot of this stuff. Now, is the is the main title worth re- reading? I, I'm, I don't read a lot of Marvel events as they're happening because I found in the past when I try to, yeah, I get bogged down with everything and then it's late and then the new things start. Like that kind of happened with Secret Wars. I had to wait for it all to read in one sitting. Mm-hmm. So is the War of the Realms a worthwhile uh, series? I'll be honest, I haven't gotten there yet in my reading, so I haven't read any of okay. it. I don't know anything really about it. I kind of got to the last Thor issue before War of the Realms, and then I just kind of stopped and haven't had a chance to get caught up yet. Okay. Uh, Now, at least, like, the Venom one is at least, you know, covering that the Venom books, you know, ongoing series. So I feel like if if you're already reading Venom, you're going to pick this up because it's not some offshoot. Whereas that's kind of why I feel like I don't need to pick up the Spider-Man one is that it's not in the main book. So there's a high likelihood that it will never be referenced anywhere. Right, and are those the main? Because Venom is is Stegman and um, was it Donny Cates, or are they off of the book now? I think they're off the book now, or at least they're not. Um, they're not doing these issues anyway. It looks like the authors are Colin Bunn and Frank Thierry, yeah. two guys yeah. I do like, and uh, Ivan Coelho and Daniel Bayruth. Although 
Uh, I guess one of them is the creative team on the Venom Cult of Carnage, and the rest of them are doing uh, Venom, the 13 to 16 that's mentioned here. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, more War of the Realms, we've got the new Agents of Atlas by Greg Pak, um, which, I mean, we've kind of seen some of these characters put together before during um, the, uh, what was it, the Totally Awesome Hulk run, so I'm not surprised to see some of these characters together. Um, but it, it definitely could be interesting. Again, not something I'm running out to buy, but... You know, I, I'm not going to say it sucks either. <laughs> right, right. And then we move into something that's new, these Marvel Select lines. We have these. Yeah, what is that? The, I was I was wondering what the Select hardcover meant, because I've seen this book before in hardcover format, so what's different about it? I don't know what's different about it, to be honest. Um, I just know that it's... I, I, throughout this, uh, this catalog, we see a bunch of new books, or old books being republished and rebranded as Marvel Select. Uh, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I guess it, the original one kind of just kind of happened. Uh, I guess this time they're really trying to shine a light on certain books, uh, especially with, you know, the movies and Thanos has never been bigger. Um, so why not, you know, put a nice kind of select hardcover? Maybe it's got a slightly bigger trim size. I'd have to double check that. Uh, but it's just something a little bit different to kind of set it aside. And it probably has its own slightly different trade dress. Um, so that'll kind of make it look nicer on your shelf as well. I mean, we're sticklers for that kind of stuff, right? So Yeah, yeah. Oh, please, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, then we have Marvel Masterworks, which, as we've, as we've talked about before, is not really a big deal to us. But uh, we've got a new Marvel 2-in-1 as well as uh, a new uh, Incredible Hulk. So kind of moving forward with those books. And then we have a, 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 an omnibus I never thought I'd see, which is uh, Sp- Spider-Man by John Byrne. Any interest for you? Not at all. Um, yeah. I'm kind of interested in the stuff that I missed out in trade paperback earlier, like the Marvel team-up stuff. Um, other, yes. than, other than that, like, it, it's got, you know, a few issues of Amazing Spider-Man back in, like, the, I guess, late 70s. And then you have basically his entire run on Amazing Spider-Man, which I don't even think would even work that well because... You know, it crossed it, over, right, with Peter Parker. It did. Not every issue, but enough that you're just going to get weird text pages, and I just feel like it's going to be bizarre. Um, and it's not like I haven't seen that before. I actually just picked up the Spider-Man Into the Light uh, trade paperback, which kind of collects, I think, Peter Parker Spider-Man, I think, 20 to 29 or so, or maybe 33, um, kind of bridging the gap between you know, the end of the next chapter era and what came afterwards. And the problem with it is that, you know, there's a three-part storyline where you have MJ come back in the book after being thought to be dead, and they don't reprint it in this collection. They have, like, a one-page text page, which you read, the, which is basically summarizing part one. You read part two, which ends with, like, Peter and MJ's arms. He's just, just so happy she's back. And then it skips the next issue, which is an Amazing Spider-Man annual. And then in the next issue, they're just separated now. And it's just like they cover it off with like a brief text page. I'm like, really, guys? It just seems so weird. Yeah. It's a three part storyline. I'm only getting part two. I understand they're not trying to, you know, they don't want to add too many pages to have it be too big and too unwieldy, but it, you end up with this weird sequence. And I feel like this omnibus is going to be a good example of that. You also have Spider Man Chapter One, which is, again, not really connected to anything. It was kind of being, you know, retconned into kind of being the, the new history and then promptly forgotten. So. It's, yeah, it never stuck. I, I always, I never hear anybody say like that is a you must read Spider Man take. No, ever. no, because it's terrible. And unfortunate because I because I love John Byrne and I would love for him to have like a, a definitive Spider Man run, but I don't think that was a character he'll ever be known for. No, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, he's got enough. Yeah, that's fine. 
he, for sure. For he, sure. You know, I mean, he did Superman. He did Fantastic Four. Like, he's done some amazing runs on, like, you know, Avengers West Coast, like, and Namor, sure. and like a bunch of others. You know, if that Spider Man wasn't great. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, but it'd definitely be something. One of the Spider Man on the bus is that I'll never. I don't. Even if it was on sale, I don't think I'd ever flip through it. I would I'd be, have the Marvel two and one. I would be shocked if it didn't go on like a a deep cut sale. Like it just yeah. it, it just feels like a book that's destined for that, right? Yeah, I feel like you'll see a lot of these at one of, one of our favorite bookstores. Sorry, I meant to say the Marvel team up. I have the the trade. That oh yeah, was, that nice. Collects that, so it's like okay, I, I got what I need. Uh, next, we have Doctor Strange by Mark Wade, Volume Three, Herald. I'm I haven't been buying the trades, and I kind of feel like at some point may, they'll probably just omnibus it. Um, so I'm kind of wondering about that. It's a great run. All right, so you're reading it in singles. I am. Yeah, because you 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 like both of these creators as do I very much. So I've been I've never been a, a, a Doctor Strange guy, mm-hmm. but with Wade writing it and, and his uh, you know often collaborator Kitson, it piqued my interest, and I've been hearing really cool things about it. How the, what kind of a um, take on Doctor Strange is it? If um, you summarize it. You know, he's just trying to trying to expand the character into different directions you wouldn't expect. So, like the first arc is all about Doctor Strange going into space and finding like Doctor Strange in space and finding like all new different types of magic. Um, so it's, it's been cool. It hasn't all been by Kitson. I think Kitson's only on this third trade. Um, okay, but uh, it's been very consistently enjoyable. So I highly recommend it. Cool. Um, now we have <laughs> talk about weird stuff. The Marvel's poster postcard book hardcover. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really get. I, I don't know if I'd want to pay what twenty six dollars Canadian for thirty postcards for Marvels. Um, no, just kind of an odd choice. But I mean, they they do these. I mean, it's not. This is the first time that they've put out uh, you know these postcard books. I just find it an, an, a curious choice and not something I'm personally interested in. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little from the last time we we did this. This is again in that eighty years collection, mm-hmm. and I just find a lot of it is like. Some of the choices of what they're putting out for for books to celebrate the eighty years is like kind of okay, I guess. I feel like they could do better. Yes, I I agree. Um, speaking of something that is really good, the next uh, book we have Immortal Hulk Volume Four. Ah, uh, yes, it's so good. It is good. It's very good. I, now I'm buying this digitally, so I have I have it all digitally. So I don't know if I'm going to buy the trades or wait for the eventual. I know there's going to be an omnibus at some point. Uh, so I feel like why I probably won't buy the trades, but I have it all digitally anyway. Uh, it continues to be just a phenomenal read. Yeah, I, I've been uh, trade waiting for this. I have I do have the first two trades, so I'll definitely be picking this up if if the if it stays consistently as good as it's been. But I see later on in in this uh, catalog, there's something again related to this. I guess we'll talk about it when we get there. For sure. So another weird choice we have Spider-Man: The Many Hosts of Carnage. Uh, so this is such a weird grab bag of different characters with the Carnage symbiote. Right. Do you like these type of um, no collections? Not yeah, at all. Either. I think it's terrible. Well, I don't. It's not that it's terrible. I just find like as a kid, these were cool because I didn't know a lot, didn't have a lot of comics. But I feel like as I get older. I don't want things that kind of jump around. I want a story. And this is especially weird because you have, like, the first appearance of Carnage, but only the first issue, not the, you know, first three issues of the original uh, Carnage storyline. You have two of, I think, two or three 
chapters of the um, Spider Carnage storyline where uh, Ben Riley was bonded to the Carnage symbiote. You have one issue of the two issues where Silver Surfer gets bonded. Uh, it just seems like it's a weird choice. And then you have Carnage USA, the entire miniseries, only three issues of Superior Carnage, plus it's annual. And then you have the Red Goblin storyline. And I'm just like, I don't know who this is for at a pretty high price point considering there's no real coherent... Like, besides, this is an issue with this person is carnage, but not the full story. I don't know if I'd ever want to pay $40 US for this. Or $52 Canadian. Yeah, no, I'm thinking the same thing, because I'm a sucker for for Spider-Man stuff. So if there's, like, you know, a a collection of of maybe this is... I almost thought it was an epic collection Mm. covering this era, when that being, you know, the main story taking place. But, like, there is... You're gonna do a carnage many oh it's the many hosts of carnage so it's going through yeah i get but it but there, i don't i don't like it <laughs> no me neither is there is there something coming out in september in relation to carnage that might pique people's interest that we don't know about no i think red goblin was kind of like the last carnage story for a while oh no i guess no, i take that back there, um yes there's uh there's what we were talking about at the beginning absolute carnage so yes there's a big carnage storyline coming okay maybe that might so that's why, but it just seems a weird choice of titles to put in. And you're you're yeah. putting, you know, this is of all the books you're publishing, this is one of them. I don't know. Yeah, and and it's because it's such a grab bag of stuff. Like it doesn't read smoothly, and no. it, it goes from different decades too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Not like sure. completely different. Like I I don't even know if I give this to someone who'd never read any of this before, which is kind of what this is for. Um, I feel like right. I, they would just be like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, I don't want to read this no more. This is silly. Or just, like, it doesn't make any sense. There's no coherence. It's like, okay, who's Ben Riley? What? Oh, okay, right. now Norman Osborn's carnage and all this other stuff is happening. And, you know, Flash Thompson's Venom and what, what, Otto Octavius is, is, is a Spider-Man? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, we got Domino Hotshots, which uh, is a lot of fun by Gail Simone. Um, I, I read it when it was coming out. It was definitely enjoyable. Actually, maybe I didn't read this one. It's hard to tell because there's been a bunch of Domino books that she's been writing. They've all been enjoyable. And then we move into all these Age of X-Men kind of uh, trade paperbacks. And I personally have not been a huge fan of these books. Uh, some of them are okay, but they're, they for me, kind of forgettable. Okay, I don't even... What is Age of X-Men? So Age of X-Men is basically X-Men kind of had Legion's powers and his own and uh, him and the X-Men kind of disappear and they're in this own kind of pocket universe of some kind uh, living out their lives while in the main Marvel universe all the X-Men are thought to be dead Um, and they're all kind of in this pocket reality instead and you have all these different stories set within that world obviously it's you know a takeoff of the uh, Age of Apocalypse Uh, it's just not something I find all that engaging. Right. Some of them have been good. I will give them credit for that. But uh, as on the whole, I don't think it's engaging enough. Right. And we got pages and pages of it. Uh, so then moving on to what, page 22 of the catalog, we got new Marvel Visionaries again because we were talking about that last time. This time it's the uh, Jack Kirby one. And uh, again, this is a grab bag, but this is back in a time where if you have a grab bag of books, they all are, for the most part, you know, done in one issues. You can do that without it feeling weird. Right. Yes, that's true, and it's it's Kirby uh, through different ages, right? Oh, and for sure, guess, yeah. So that that's a nice artifact, I guess, to have for a major architect of Marvel. Correct, correct. Yeah, this this type of thing is fun, you know. And and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll buy it myself because I have 
actually, I don't even have most of this material, to be fair. So, you know, I might actually pick this up because it's got some weird stuff in it. And I like that. So this is, you know, satisfying the need of people who want to read more Kirby, who, you know, want to read his Rawhide Kid or uh, Yellow Claw or Strange Tales, you know, or Amazing Adventures. Like, you know, the stuff that may not be in your typical collection. Yeah, see, this I feel is a better... This should have the 80 years tag on it. Yes. Something like this to celebrate, you know, a, a Ditko or a Kirby who are who, who had you know a major impact on the the mythology of, of it all. You can put these things together to get people to collect them, but yeah, postcards not so much. <laughs> we're, we're really gonna rag on those postcards, eh? Yeah, well, it's that whole. Remember what was it the last time that Marvel through the decades and they were oh. like the weirdest grab bag of, of issues that we just couldn't understand. But this this stuff I like. Uh, and then we have the Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman Complete Collection Volume 2. So I guess there's going to be three of these complete when it's all done. Uh, but this is great. I mean, I'm glad that they're doing this. Um, I have it all in trade already, so I don't really feel yeah. the need to rebuy it. But sometimes I think about, you know, as stupid as it is, like, for example, I have the Mark Wade and uh, Mike Ringo uh, Fantastic Four in the original trades. And I think yeah. about, you know, re- replacing it with the Ultimate Collections for no reason. Like, there's no need to do it. Like, I have, like, it in six trades. There's no need, to conden- no need to condense it down to three or four. But I think about it a lot. And I even think about the omnibus. Like, today was in my cart, and I'm like, I kind of want this, but I also already own this, and there's no need to have it again. But uh, So I'm probably going to stick away from, from the complete, complete collections for that reason. I think, yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I think the only time where I like to switch over is when the reading experience is... is uh, easier to follow because mm. it's collected and because the when it original run with the Hickman stuff there was a point where you had to go from FF to Fantastic Four kind of read back and forth in, in those trades right that, that is stories. true yeah I'm, I'm so curious when, how they'll present it once both books exist like at this point both books didn't exist right but in the third collection right. that's when it should be going back and forth so it'll be interesting to see how they how they decide to tackle it yeah, so in, in that case, this sort of thing would I'd find intriguing as well as um, it doesn't condense how much space it takes once it's all collected in this format. Yeah. And then below it, we have the Fantastic Four Epic Collection, The Mystery of the Black Panther, continuing the Stanley and Jack Kirby run. So that's, you know, that's going to sell. Uh, and yeah, I'm, definitely. No surprise that they put Black Panther on the cover. Absolutely. This is kind of the time. Uh, then we have yeah. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 11. Still just not for me. Yeah, never got into it, and I feel like it's it's sacrilege to say that, but no, I never got into it either. I'm sure it is a great book. I just, you yeah. know what, I just, I, I personally, I don't find Henderson's artwork to my taste. Um, maybe that's unfair, and I like a lot of, you know, silly, fun, lighter books, so it's not like I don't like humor. I mean, I loved, I, I will preach till the cows come home about how much I love the unbelievable Gwenpool. So it's not like I can't enjoy a silly, fun book with a female protagonist. I just d- could never get behind the art on this particular book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so have we, have we come, come across anything that's on your buy list? I just realized I, I had a tally ready, and I haven't actually tallied anything so far. I think so far, what is gonna is definitely on the buy list was The Incredible Hulk. Okay. Or the Immortal Hulk, uh, excuse me. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that's it so far. Not the Hickman Complete Collection? I have 
all those in trades like you, like the okay. same as you. So it, it it really comes down to how it's when I see it, how it's packaged. Has the first volume come out yet? I think I feel like it must have. Yeah, so I'd have to see how it's packaged. But how much is it going for? Fifty two Canadian? Uh, I don't know. I think I'd hold out on that. On Amazon, I found it for a good price. Yeah, it'll probably be like forty forty four or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, then we got the relaunched X-Force, which has been enjoyable, although the artwork has been a little rough, but uh, I've been enjoying the book so far. And then we got, ooh, look, one of these Marvel art books. So again, the Marvel Pop Art Productions is the logo being used here. It's the Now, I guess there already was one of these. Uh, so it's the Marvel Art of Jokosada Expanded Edition hardcover, updated and expanded, and again by our good friend John Red Thomas. And uh, I might pick this up, because I had thought about getting the first Jokosada one. So now it's the Expanded Edition. I think that's enticing me to buy it. How do you feel about Casada art? Are you a fan? Um, yeah, I think overall I'd say yes. Um, have I always been a fan? No, um, but I've enjoyed a lot of the stuff. I mean, my first real impression of Casada was probably well, it's probably Daredevil, um, Guardian yeah, Devil, me too. and that's I mean, beautiful, amazing, great stuff. So I, I do like his art. No, there have been times where I haven't enjoyed it as much. Um, his Daredevil father I liked, but his art was very extreme for him at that time. Very bulky, very kind of crazy. Um, but again, he does so many covers and amazing right. covers that I feel like right. reading a book like this would be really enjoyable. Yes. But again, it's, it's not a monograph book. This is the actual hardcover Marvel art books. Right. Just to set it aside for a second. But it's, you know, it's 50 bucks, but you know, it, it's, it's a good kind of coffee table style book, you know, and you can flip through it and just enjoy some amazing art. So, I, I don't know if I'm going to say I'm going to buy this at this point, but uh, I, I, I would imagine this would probably end its way on my uh, Amazon wish list and at some point probably end up on my shelf, but not something I'm necessarily going to go out and buy. Right. Uh, now, we got a bunch of really cool books that I don't know if I'm going to buy them myself, but I'm excited that they exist for people who want this stuff. We got uh, Timely's Greatest, which is its own kind of sub uh, sub section of Omnibus now, which is the Golden Age Submariner by Bill Everett, the pre-war years Omnibus. That's, uh, that's for a lot of people, that's long time coming. Yeah, there's some people who are, are heavy into this, having these things in their collection. For me, it would be over my, my head to appreciate it, but... I know for some diehards, this is like essential stuff. Now, on the Marvel Masterverse forum, they're saying that there's direct market covers and these these covers. This is the actual regular cover we see here, which is very classy kind of style. And um, there's the direct market one is a little bit more kind of not patriotic looking, but because of what Timely Comics logo was, it uses those colors on the stars, so it looks very patriotic. And uh, even I think Corey chimed in that he would he would prefer the the really fancy looking uh, regular editions, uh, which is you know probably not what most people who are on that board usually do. They usually get the direct market editions. Uh, but uh, I really like how classy the Submariner one looks. Of all the kind of um, Timely's greatest omnibuses, this is probably the one I would want the least. Uh, but not to say it's not pretty, you know, probably very cool. Again, Bill Everett is, a, you know, a, definitely a, a very strong artist and, a, you know, a very well-known one. But I don't know if it's quite something I'm going to buy. Right. Glad it's it exists, hefty, though. It's a, it's a hefty price. One ninety. Yeah. For for eight hundred pages yeah 864 it's pretty light considering the price yeah uh you know what they're not gonna sell a lot of these so they're gonna make what they can right i mean and how how much do you think it costs also just to spend the time to restore these books enough to make them look nice in an omnibus format like there's just something this is definitely um 
uh, what's the word? But this is a special type of book. This isn't your typical omnibus. This is obviously going to be done with a lot of care. Um, yeah. You know, it's I believe it's a Corey book, so you know he's going to be you know spending his time on it to make sure you get the absolute best product possible. And he was showing, I believe, some scans that may have not been from this one, might have been from the Human Torch one on the Marvel Masterworks forum. And the level of restoration is just amazing. Um, so I mean, this is like a museum piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Speaking of. The word museum piece is kind of funny. Uh, the next one is the X-Men by Roy Thomas and Neil Adams gallery edition hardcover. I feel like this has been reprinted in many different places, but now it's in this kind yeah. of uh, an oversized format. So for fans of uh, Neil Adams, this is a great place to go. Yeah, I, ha- I have this actually in that trade visionaries that they did of it, which is oh, yeah. which is which is good because it still ha- I like kind of that sometimes that paper stock where it still feels like the older comic a little bit, but you know that it's been restored where it's not going to fade away on you with the ink's not going to fade away like our old uh, floppies would when we were kids but i don't know if i'd, I'd go out to get a, a hardcover edition of this now but it's cool that it exists for sure now next up with a, a, a new or another installment in the x-men milestones which i have to say i'm really considering buying for no reason like there's no <laughs> i own almost all of them like there's no reason in the world that i should plunk down like 50 bucks each for more of these volumes but just some, something about as at first i was kind of taken aback by the you know the kind of weird color uh color schemes that some of them are orange some of them are blue and they have like this you know they're obviously their own trade dress but then i was like how cool would it look like on my shelf to have all these kind of x-men milestones so part of me i does not need these at all uh at all i own them all but part of me is also like, how cool is that? So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm fighting with myself. I'm probably not going to end up buying them, but it's one of those things where the push and pull of, you know, do I, I already own this. I don't need to buy this again, but I kind of want to anyway. And not only do I already own this, I own this in like the oversized hardcover. So I definitely don't need this. But, you know, I, I still think about it anyway. <laughs> There's always a new thing to collect for us, even if it's just trade dress shopping. It's so dumb. <laughs> It's it, there's like there, there's no forgiving it. Like there's no reason for this. Like I'm glad that my wife doesn't look that closely on some of the collections I buy and the fact that they're like duplicates and stuff. Like I uh, I collect hats when I go to the different baseball stadiums and I went to Pittsburgh a few years ago, got this hat. I really liked it at the time. It was kind of a yellow with a, a black P on it. Anyways, last year I was I was back in uh, Pittsburgh with my uh, brothers-in-law and then I I was like, oh man, I kind of want to get you know just a standard black hat with a yellow P. And my brothers-in-law like, oh, just buy it. And I bought it and I bring it home. My wife's like, seriously. Seriously, you have so many hats. There is no need for a second Pittsburgh hat. And I'm like, if she knew that I'm even thinking about buying these X-Men milestones, she'd just slap me and be like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I've had, uh, this is this is a, a common theme as well in my house. I feel it, I feel your pain, dude. <laughs> uh, we've got new Unstoppable Wasp. Now we have a Marvel Horror Omnibus, which, again, I don't think that this is something uh, I'm going to buy. But I know there's so many people who love the 70s horror books. This is like a godsend to them. Yeah, definitely. And it's got a, a lot of great creators on oh, it. Oh, fantastic creators. Like uh, such a wide variety of different books and titles and things. I don't, and, like, I'd have to go through it and see how much of this has actually been published elsewhere. But, I mean, just to have it all in one place is actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we got our now. Apparently, there actually is a name for these these books that we talked about last time, where they were packaging older titles in kind of a new reader friendly, you know, uh, perfect for middle grade readers kind of style. Apparently, it's called Rising Readers, um, and they actually have a page at the at the end of the. Uh, 
uh, of this catalog. And so we have a, a Miles Morales one here, which I don't know which issues it actually covers, but obviously it's by the Bendis, Marquez, and Pacelli teams. Um, so this it's, looks like the first the first run of uh, Miles. It sounds like, like it. that original, yeah, because it, it, it brings up the fact that uh, it brings up the Prowler, it brings up Uncle Aaron and Nick Fury saying that Miles Morales is a superhero. So it made me think of those first 12 or so issues of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Now, Which were great books. Oh, for sure, they were. Um, after this, we have... What a, what a great tie-in for their corporate overlords. Uh, we have the Star Wars Galaxy Edge, which is a riveting... I'm actually reading copy here. The riveting comic book tie-in to the highly anticipated new theme park land. Wow. Wow. They made a comic for the theme park. But you know what? It's a perfect idea because, first of all, it is. when you're in the theme park, you can get the singles or the trade when it's done. Uh, it's a great it's a great idea for, you know, cross-promotion. Uh, why not, right? Yeah. Yeah. I sure. mean, it doesn't actually surprise me. I'm just like, wow, they're really doing it. That theme park is going to be insane. Uh, I know. Uh, then we have, let's see, October. We got uh, Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, The Menace Revealed. So we kind of talked about that last time that we're not really into these epic collections but uh you know it's for people who love star wars it's cool that they're kind of putting this all together even though it's not of the current continuity uh that they're putting together all these books that people enjoyed over the years in a coherent manner and kind of putting it all together chronologically which is really cool right uh we got the star wars tie fighter we got uh, the marvel art of star wars hardcover that's pretty cool um i'm curious you know, I mean, obviously it mentions John Cassidy, Stuart Eminem, Lionel Francis Hughes, Salvador La Roca, Mike Diodato Jr. So amazing artists. So that sh- would be an interesting thing. I'm actually, I would be more interested in this if it had kind of the old school Marvel art uh, back from the, you know, this, the late 70s, early 80s. But I don't think that's what this is. Yeah, it's all the, the stuff from the current, uh, since The Force Awakens came out and they started publishing these. But some great artists, like you said, man. Those have been some good books. And then we got uh, Conan Chronicles Epic Collection, The Return to Samaria, and uh, Trade Paperback. This is Volume 3. So, again, collecting more of the uh, Busick run, as well as, I guess, Timothy Truman's uh, issues. Like That must have been Conan the Samarian, but I don't know for sure. Uh, again, it's a great place to jump into Conan, right? And to kind of yeah. re- read all these different adventures. And um, Yeah. Great, great art, too, with Carrie Noor, Thomas Girello. I, I know them from uh, their work on... Um Exo Man of War, which is you know has Conan esque aspects to it, so this would be a beautiful book interior wise for sure. Uh, finally, something I'm going to buy for sure: Miss Marvel by Saladin Ahmed, Volume One. Um, I've always picked up Miss Marvel uh, both digitally and in trade, and so that will continue here, and I'll definitely be buying this. This is collecting the newest uh, launch of uh, that just started a couple months ago, I guess. Uh, the Magnificent Miss Marvel. I'm I'm behind on my Miss Marvel. I was collecting all of those trades. I think I stopped at uh, trade eight, seven or eight. But I was I was debating on uh, replacing my trades for the the second volume that they did with the hard covers because they they're more they're numbered. Mm. They would look great on a shelf because I have the first two trades that were the first twenty two issues yeah. from um, the first series. So I wanted a, a full complete run of. Um, G. Willow Wilson. But Amazon just has uh, stock now. I missed my opportunity. Aww. Like an idiot. So, so you're going to pick up this trade then or no? I want to, yeah, because I love Miss Marvel. Should She's I put it on your list, on, on your tally of what you're actually going to yep. buy? 
Yeah, let's do it. Let's put it on the list. All right. Uh, then we got some more Marvel Masterworks. We have some Doctor Strange. But I, I'm actually surprised. I didn't realize that they gotten that far with Doctor Strange. Uh, nine volumes already. That's kind of crazy. It's, it's Look at that team. Roger Stern with Jam DeMatteis. Yeah, and you got what? Marshall Rogers, Paul Smith, Gene Colan, Michael Golden, Brent Anderson, Kevin Nolan, and Charles Vest. Like, that's that's actually wow. a crazy amount of artists for the, not that much uh, material. Yeah, and all solid artists, too. Yeah, for sure. And then we got yes. Marvel Masterworks Ghost Rider Volume 1, so he bursts onto the scene with his own uh, Masterworks finally. Mm-hmm. And then we got a, a Mighty Thor, and then we move into, oh, is this what we were talking before? You might get the Immortal Hulk uh, hardcover instead? I don't know if I'll get the, the hardcover. I mean, it's one of those things where I, I'll dip into it if I see them see it on sale somewhere, like at a con where it's like 50% off. It's like, ah, this is, you know good value for my dollar and it looks nicer on the shelf but I'm good with the trades for now how about you would you go for this or you get the omnibus instead uh, I think omnibus uh, unless it's not a really good price but uh, probably omnibus yeah it, the, the thing with these hard covers is that they're still easier to read and you're getting a good chunk in whereas with the omnibus I, I love them but I, I find I I don't gravitate towards reading them as much. It depends how long the series goes, though, right? Because the, the series right. goes, goes to, like, issues 20, 25. That's not a perfect. fat omnibus. Like, yeah, that's a, a perfect omnibus. A, fa- a fat omnibus is, like, anywhere from, like, 35 to 40 issues, if not more. That's a fat one. But, you know, something that's, like, 30 issues or so, that, that's not too bad. No, yeah, 25 to 30, perfect. Uh, well, like, when I was doing the, J- the, the, the JLA from Demetrius... I loved it, but I'm like I'm tired of holding this sucker. <laughs> That's why you gotta you gotta you gotta read it in bed so you can just kind of lay it, like read it in front of you, but not on your legs. Just like you gotta like split your legs a little. It sounds weird and sexual, but I don't mean it that way. <laughs> you just gotta move them around the book. You know, again, doesn't yeah. sound any better. <laughs> all right, all right. So next we have a uh, Marvel Spider-Man City at War trade paperback. I read the first issue of this. I it's it, you know I did not find it that engaging because it's basically just the uh, the video game though maybe I'm being a little unfair maybe you know future issues end up delving a little bit more into things that we didn't see in the in the game but so far it just didn't it didn't feel like something I needed uh, because I experienced the game now if I had never played the game I think it'd be a great story right because it was a great story so so it this is literally adapting the game yes into comic form correct so it's not just it's not just the um, character universe. No. That they're built. Okay. Now, it, it does say it includes all new story moments never seen in the game, but again, I probably just haven't come across them yet. Gotcha. Yeah, if I played the game, I think that's good enough. Uh, then we have something where I'm glad it exists, but it's kind of a weird. It's, it's weird that it exists in this format. So we have Daredevil by Frank Miller, trade paperback, box set, slipcase. It's, you're, you're putting a lot of words together that don't seem to jive together. <laughs> Yeah. So it's a series of trade paperbacks collecting something that's already been done in Omnibus many different times before, but now it's just in a series of smaller trade paperbacks as part of a, a box that slipcase. Um, it's interesting. It includes some stuff not collected in his original Omnibus, um, like The Man Without Fear, that is in a companion Omnibus, so is Daredevil Born Again. And then you have Electra Lives Again in Electra Assassin, which is usually somewhere else. So, I mean, I understand that they're kind of bringing all the, Dare- the Frank Miller stuff uh, together in an easy-to-kind-of-find format. I just feel like there's other superior formats out there that aren't just more trades. Yeah, I, I like the... Um 
the three the three volume trades I think those are, are one of the best ways to read it because it's nice thick chunks of it but this is I, I guess they, they cash in on every which way for people to put something on their shelf right some people like these slip case with the design and it just they like that sense of collection all in one but I actually hate I hate I hate the cover of the, the the box set though. It's one of my least favorite Frank Miller Daredevil pieces. I think it was on right. the cover of the Visionaries one, um, but I never liked it. Now the Electra looks fine. She looks great. Yes. Even even the yes. one on the side looks fine, where he's kind of yes. holding on his Billy Club phallically. But you know this weird <sighs> cover is not not to my liking. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then we got what Marvel Universe by Rob Liefeld Omnibus. Wow. Put this in the category of things I never thought I'd see. Yeah, definitely. But Which, it's now, now this cool. has cap cap with the boobs on it. Your your uh, beloved uh, Heroes Reborn era. Will you be picking this up? Uh, no, I will not. <laughs> um, it, I, I do love Heroes Reborn, but not Cap necessarily. Uh, you know, it's an interesting. Again, it's a grab bag, but you know, for people who love Rob Liefeld, and there are people, and there's a reason why he was popular forever, and, and people still pick up his books, and there's a reason why people pick up what Commander X or whatever that new one is. Or Major X, I can't even remember what it is. I mean, there's a reason why people pick those up. He's polarizing, but one thing I will always give credit to Rob Liefeld for is I don't think I've ever watched videos with someone or read interviews with someone where he does. He appears to be the most enthusiastic guy about comics. Like he's just having fun, having a great time. Loves comics. Loves just loves it. Loves everything about comics. He may not be everyone's favorite artist and necessarily have the best grasp, uh, grasp on you know um, anatomy, etc. But I can honestly say I don't know if anyone is having more fun. I agree. I, I, I you know what? He's a person who was always spoken poorly about sometimes by others but when you listen to him speak he's pretty uh, gracious in a lot of ways and just happy to have you know been in the industry so and okay this is a tangent I know I'm going off a bit but his art is extreme and ridiculous 90s style but there's a lot of artists whose art is not anatomy correct you know what I mean like He's Was just he's just a poster child, though I think. Yeah, I, th- I think he's an easy target. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's. I mean, you just you know touched on one of them with the idea of Cap America with boobs. Like, there's a reason why, or like having these this giant chest that doesn't make any sense. Like he he is a he is the face of what people think of when they think of '90s anatomy, whether or not that be fair or not. Yeah, but I mean, like when I, I read uh, Captain America and Falcon from Christopher Priest, and there's a lot of Bart Sears art in there that doesn't like it's not my favorite version of cap that's for sure it doesn't even look like cap to me but he gets celebrated a lot of times so it's it's just interesting how people when they have a person that's an easy target they just go all out yeah i mean so i don't i'm not going to buy this necessarily but again i think it exists for a good like for a market of his fans and i think good you know for sure if i'm a fan of rob leifold i want this book so you know i'm not going to bust on anyone buying it because you know, I know that he has fans, and it's again, it's interesting because a bunch of this material, I don't think it's ever really been anywhere, um, right? Or at least has been out of print for a while. I'm, I, th- I think the Marvel Comics present stuff is, I feel like the stuff that you don't see very often. Uh, the X Factor issue, never on its own, it's always is part of other X Factor things. But even then, I don't think it's ever really been republished. Um, yeah, and like a what, like a what if issue. Like it's kind of nice to see these types of things pulling it all together. Um, it's not the first Marvel Universe by blank omnibus that we've seen, so it's just the latest in a series of line. 
And then we have, uh, again, something I missed out on when it first happened because I was far too young to care. I don't know if I'll pick it up, but I'm, again, glad it exists because I know there's a lot of people who love this run. we got Namor yeah. the Submariner by John Byrne and Jay Lee. Yeah, no, that's, this is a pretty cool collection, and it's 40 issues like we were talking about before, 40-plus issues, so you're getting your money's worth for it. Now, did Byrne work on all 40? It, like, so the, the combination I think he, of him, I think he left around 36. Or, you okay. know what, I think at some point he wasn't doing the art. Okay. Or maybe so that, just is that where the Jay Lee Is that where the Jay Lee I think combination so. comes in? Okay. Yeah. Um, now, you're a huge John Byrne fan. You going to pick this up? Um, I wouldn't pick up an omnibus this big for a series that I'm, I don't completely know if I'm sold on, but I would give it, give it a chance in a smaller trade to okay. read about this because I know that it, it had – it was one of those uh, series from him where he uh, breathed life, if you will, into a character again, and, and, and did a very unique take on them. So I'd give it a I'd give it a shot. Now, not omnibus. Next, we have the Jim Lee XXL hardcover. Now, what's interesting about this, and I'm hoping Amazon adjusts their their listing because Amazon originally had it for like a really good price. And I thought about putting an order in, and I didn't. And then it went up to like a hundred bucks. And now we see this what? catalog where it's a lot less than that. So I'm hoping it comes back down in price uh, because I just I can't justify that. Again, it, did did Jim Lee not have more of a consistent run on X Men, or were his issues this sporadic? I thought he had more of a substantial like from this issue to this issue. For X-Men. Um. Well, I mean, it's it has like his first kind of storyline, and, yeah. and and well, actually, no, I don't even think it's his first storyline necessarily, but it's the one with. To be honest, this material has been reprinted so many times. So you have the um, Madam Hydra storyline with Psylocke. You have, um, I'm trying to remember, the issue with Black Widow back in the, the 40s. You have the issues in space, uh, so the Shi'ar story. And then you also have the, uh, the inaugural X-Men storyline. Um, that's launched the X-Men title, Ejectiveless X-Men. So right. you've, you've seen all of this before, but now it's in a monster trim size. So I'm hoping that it'll get adjusted in terms of price because when I look at this on Amazon.ca, it's $109. Uh, whereas here, it's supposed to be $63 Canadian. I'll pay 60 I don't know if I'll actually pay 63 but part of me wants to get this because it would look gorgeous. Like this would be a giant book on your shelf and have just gorgeous art and you know what you're getting because it's been reprinted everywhere. Um, right. So, again, it's not new stuff, but it's in a slightly different format. Um, so, in this XXL, I'm, I'm going to say I'm not picking it up right now, mainly because the price has to be adjusted. At, or I guess I could always pick it up at, like, you know, Silver Snell or whatever because they're just going to sell it for U.S. cover. So, if it's going to be 50 bucks, I could probably I could probably get behind that. But for 110 bucks, no way. No way, no. Uh, then we got some epic collections. We got Avengers West Coast, Lost in Space Time. So this is Volume Two. I have a, volume One, I believe, had a lot of issues because I think it was a quad release. Um, so I, I think a lot of people ended up kind of taking a pass on the first one just because they hated the, the printing of it as opposed to the material. Um, are you going to buy this one? No, probably not. I didn't buy the first one because of the again the the way it was printed, and I, yeah, I don't think I would start with Volume Two. Okay. But it, it does it does pique my interest when it comes to the creative team. I like the the oh yeah the writer. I like the uh, Mark Bright art. Not a huge Al Milgram like follower, but he's you know does respectable things as well. Definitely uh, a, a Hall of 
Famer Marvel-wise. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And then we have another weird complete collection, the Man-Wolf complete collection, which I'm actually considering buying. I'm I'm not putting it on my list at this time, but I have thought about it. I feel like <laughs> the, the it's interesting because like a lot of it's all weird, like old stuff, right? I'm not sure what the newest book is that's actually in here, but it's interesting to see it here. Uh, Man Wolf makes a lot of appearances in uh, Dan Slott's She Hulk run as well, but this is kind of the, the you know classic Man Wolf stuff, so I'm kind of intrigued by this. Yeah, it's got that Spider Man cover, classic Spider Man. This was right after uh, Death of Gwen, right? That issue, uh, is that or is that Two issue from, later? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, and then we have an Incredible Hulk epic collection. So this is going right back to the uh, the '60s. We got Volume Four uh, in the hands of Hydra. So have you been picking up Hulk epic collections or taking a pass? Taking a pass. I almost uh, went. You know, uh, I almost went for all of the Peter David stuff, and I was just hesitant because I wanted to see the prices just a little bit more. Um, not not necessarily better, but where I felt I was getting a bargain because I was going to buy all three at once. But I, I took a pass, and it's maybe for the better. Okay, uh, we got another Marvel pop art production book. We got the, another Marvel monograph. This time it's the art of Sarah Pacelli, which I'm I'm not sure how that would work as well. Like I, she's got amazing art. Don't get me wrong, but I, it's so much of the the power of it is in the sequentials, as opposed right. to some of the other artists we talked about, where just having kind of a, a one one shot poster really works. Right, right. But again, John Wright Thomas, once again, doing, uh, I guess, uh, captions, etc. You gotta ask him about it, Adam. I know, I gotta have him on the show. Uh, we got Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History. I've only read one issue of it so far, I think issue two, but it was a lot of fun. So I am considering this. It, again, okay. it's not it's not an absolute buy, but I'm definitely considering it. It's fun, it's wacky, it's weird, it's crazy. Um, have you read anything with Cosmic Ghost Rider? Only the things that were in uh, the Thanos series. Okay. I was going to get, um, I was going to buy the Cosmic Ghost Rider trade that had been released, but I wasn't a fan of the art. It probably would grow on me as I read the story. But it, w- it will grow it, on you because the story is really enjoyable. Yeah, just initially, I'm like, ah, I don't think I'm in the, the the headspace to read something like this right now. But it uh, could change. On on the fifty second page of this catalog, um, something I never thought I'd see is you got Hit Monkey, and next to it, soon to be an animated series. <laughs> never even heard of this. No, well, I mean, you, no. you've heard of Hit Monkey, though, no? I don't think so. Oh well, you know what? So. You should pick up this <laughs> this series because it's tell you everything you need to know about Hit Monkey. <laughs> Do you actually recommend it? Uh, I've read some stuff with Hitmonkey that I enjoyed, but I can't say I really read the original stuff. I read his appearances in Deadpool more more or less. Okay. Uh, so I can't I can't actually get behind it. Um, the next page has more of my X Men milestones that I want for no reason. Uh, we got the <laughs> Extinction Agenda, which again I've owned like two or three times in my in the past, so I definitely don't need this. Um, one thing I'm thinking about only because I secretly hate myself apparently is the Trial of the Juggernaut trade paperback back from when I basically left X-Men because I hated it so much because it was just terrible. Um, but part well, of me is like... Austin era. Yeah, it's it's a rough time. But part of me wants it anyway because I secretly hate myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting how we do that sometimes. Yeah, there's no need for me to want this. But I do yeah, anyway. Make a pass. Don't 
don't put it on your list, Adam. I, I, I'm not. I, I am making okay. a pass. We got uh, Hulk Incredible Origins. I'm not really sure exactly what's in here. I guess it's just a, a retelling, but it looks like it's 136 pages. So is this like a Hulk Chapter 1 just being repackaged in this format? or? Yeah, because it's the same cover as the Season 1. Is it oh, the, Season is, 1, yeah. Is, did Fred Van Lenty, uh I think he did. Right? Okay. Were, were those stories... I, I used to see those trades quite a bit, and some of them intrigued me. I never ended up buying any of them. Did they have anything to do with continuity, or were they just nice one-off stories of six issues that were reintroducing a character to a new reader? I like think, how, how did I they think, fit? Yeah, I think more of the latter. I don't think they were necessarily worried about kind of melding in with continuity. Okay. Because I think gotcha. even oh, was it Dennis Opal? So I think did the X Men season one, and he he did just some fun things that hadn't been done elsewhere. Um, okay. So yeah, it, it was a different animal. Uh, okay. Speaking of different animals, now we have Marvel Visionary Steve Ditko. Uh, so again, you know, a lot of different types of stories in here. Like you're not just getting Spider Man or Doctor Strange. You are getting other issues. You're getting an issue of Daredevil in here, which probably didn't think you were going to get that. Um, you got a Marvel Superheroes 8, you got Speedball, you got some weird fun things in here, uh, as well as, it's interesting that the only Spider-Man that you get is not even Amazing, is Amazing Fantasy here? I don't see it, no, it's not. So you don't get the first appearance of Spider-Man, but you do get Amazing Spider-Man number one, as well as the Master Planner saga, so it's interesting. Yeah, see, this is a nice little thing to go with the, the Jack Kirby visionary. Now, this one I am... Very much considering, but also feel like I, I, I think I might have it somewhat elsewhere. But you got the X Men Star Jammers by Dave Cockrum. So you have the, you know, basically all the appearances of uh, Star Jammers that he did, as well as uh, the X Men Spotlight on Star Jammers. I'm considering it for the fact that it has that book. Yeah. Yeah, that, this is a, a nicely packaged uh, trade because you see that you've got, you're getting full story arcs and almost, other than two issues in between, almost a. Uh, a complete arc, as it were. Oh yeah, for 154 sure. 154 to 167. So that's not a bad. Uh, bad no, option. not not at all. And then we got uh, Marvel Strike Force: The Art of the Game. Never heard of the game. It has a hardcover. All right. Not for me. Hey, there you go. <laughs> no, not for me either. Uh, we got the Marvel Illustrator Sketchbook. Practice how to draw comics the Marvel way with this dedicated sketchbook. Okay. And to go along with your write your own Marvel trade paperback. Yeah. Okay. You should give it a shot. Yeah, I, I know I can't write comics. Yeah, me neither. As a kid, I wanted to, and then I realized I'm not actually that creative. So uh, better to leave it to the people who can. But it's interesting that they're doing it. Um, again, I'm not really sure what the market is for this. And it's kind of expensive. You know, it's like 26 bucks for the uh, for the sketchbook and 20 bucks for the Write Your Own Marvel. But again, there's definitely an artist. Uh, sorry, uh, a market for it somewhere. This might be fun to do with you. Like, if you have a, a kid... To you know, fill it in with them, see what they would come up with, just for the fun of it. You're gonna, you're gonna spend have... twenty bucks on that, though. No, no, I wouldn't spend twenty bucks. But I've spent twenty bucks on stupider things in my life. <laughs> that if I had a, a kid who was, you know, it, almost like a, a, a like an ad lib or mad lib book. Yeah, and just filling in those word bubbles. I, I would, I would, I would like them to quote you on on their trade dress, just saying I spend money on stupider things. <laughs> that is a good quote. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, we got uh, Runaways by Rainbow uh, Rowell, which has been pretty enjoyable. I haven't been buying it in trade, though. And then we have something that has both the Marvel Pop Art Productions and the 80 Years. Man, they're doing both logos here. We got Marvel yeah. 80 for 80 hardcover. 
So it's 80 iconic images representing 80 years of Marvel. Again, kind of a cool um, uh, coffee table style kind of hardcover, yeah, I guess. That, that's, that's for a coffee table book, that's a cool book. Yeah. It's not very big. It's only 168 pages. So, you know, it's not a, not a lot in here, but, you know, definitely cool. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd, I'll, I'd buy it, though. Uh, speaking of 80 years, another postcard book. The Marvel 80th Anniversary Postcard Book. <laughs> Man, they really love postcards. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I, I saw today at the, the comic shop there, there are Nintendo cartridge coasters. Oh, wow. So this could go with your coaster collection. There you go. I mean, there's weird stuff for everybody. Right. Uh, now, talking about stuff that has been reprinted a million times, now under the Marvel Select banner, we have Ultimate Spider-Man, Power and Responsibility. So that's the first seven issues of Bendis and Bankley's book back from, oh my god, year 2000? It's 19 years old? Isn't that crazy? Yes, crazy. that is crazy. If if, wow. a, if a kid was born then, they are now legal, or returning legal this year to, to drink. That's crazy. Sheesh. That's, uh, this, this hardcover can drink alcohol in Canada. Super see, weird. The, the thing with something like this, though, is that will this will they be reprinting in hardcover format the rest of Ultimate Spider-Man or just this one? Because if you just had this one, it's a weird thing to have on on your shelf by itself. Yeah, yeah, you know it is, but it's also very new reader friendly. And if you only pick up one book, you could give this to any kid. You could, but then you this series is one of those where you want to get the rest of them. So, like, if you have this one in hardcover, and then to get the rest, you've got to go out and find uh, all, you know, the complete, co- what, is, what do they call it? The Ultimate Spider-Man Complete Collections? Ultimate the- Spider-Man U- Ultimate Collections. <laughs> right. Ultimate Collections. Like, those are, are, are good bang for your buck, and it collects a good chunk of issues. But then you'd have to continue reading in that format. And then you have this one hardcover. That's just stuff that drives me crazy. But Yeah. Um, next we have Secret Warps trade paperback so this is collecting a bunch of different annuals of Secret Warps characters that were in the recent Infinity Wars storyline this time by Al Ewing Um, I'm intrigued by Al Ewing but not enough to really want to read more of the Warps characters no Uh, and then we got another Spider-Man postcard book yay this one might be the one to get no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) not even Spider-Man no uh, we got Shuri trade paperback volume two, so it's collecting the current book. Uh, we got Symbiote Spider Man trade paperback. I was gonna pick up the first issue. I flipped through it. And I was like, I don't know if I actually care enough to read this. Um, it's Peter David. I do like Peter David. Um, it's in and around the period of uh, the Black Costume Spider Man. Greg Land is not my favorite artist, and I don't really like him on Spider Man. Um, so I took a pass. So I'll probably continue to take a pass on this. This one I might get in trade. I'll read this one in trade. Should I write this down on your list? Yeah, yeah, you can put this on my list. All right, Symbiote. Again, Spider-Man. the Greg Land wasn't my wasn't the Peter David selling point. Greg Land, I'm like mm, maybe, maybe not, but um, I give it a shot. All right, we got Uncanny X Men Hellfire. So this is continuing the current Uncanny series. Uh, we got Thor Volume Three continuing the current Thor series by Jason Aaron. We got Timely's Greatest, the Golden Age Simon and Kirby om- Omnibus. This would be second, I think, on my list of the Timely's Greatest Omnibuses I would actually purchase. A uh, ton of content here by Simon and Kirby. Um, I don't think you're going to find a lot of this anywhere else. Or maybe it's in, I take that back. Maybe it's in the Golden Age Omnibuses. I don't, sorry, uh, Masterworks. I'm not sure. But it, it's, you know, for people who love their artwork, you know, why not go back to the original stuff back in the, you know, the 40s? 
Uh, then we got Tomb of Dracula, the complete collection. Again, I think we're far too young to appreciate this. For I mean, there are people who swear by these Dracula books. Yeah, yeah, they love them. They're just Lawrence Lynn Duncan loves this stuff. Me, oh, does he? Not so much. Yeah, I think he even has the, uh, the the omnibuses of it. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got the Marvel Rising Heroes of the Roundtable graphic novel trade paperback. Uh, so again, this is you know I guess it was a, a, an animated movie. So there are people who love this oh, material. Okay. So why not you know experience these characters and you know it's they've got a lot of good characters. They're good for young readers. Um, you know they're good for everyone really. But I think they're specifically trying to market it towards younger female readers. And uh, you know why not? We right. have a lot of good female characters. And I, I saw a little bit of the um, they had the kind of these little preview, like quick little uh, animated. Um, shorts i guess um with miss marvel and squirrel girl and they were like best friends and it was really adorable even though i'm not a huge fan of this rendition of squirrel girl it was one of the few places it really worked for me cool all right we got the thanos the infinity ending graphic novel hardcover by jim starlin ending his most recent uh, trilogy of thanos uh, hardcovers um I don't even remember what happened in the last one. Like he's done a bunch of these over the last ten years, and uh, I, for people who are huge fans of, of Starlin and have been following along and love Alan Davis, which most people should love Alan Davis, um, it's going to be a great book. But I just I'm so far behind. I don't even know if I'd understand it. So is, this isn't a reprinting. This is this is brand new. new this is brand new. Okay, I have the. Uh, I don't know if it's considered the trilogy of the the Thanos Revelation. Uh, I forgot what they're all titled. I have them digitally. Okay. But um, I wasn't sure if this was a reprinting or a conclusion. But i got to get around to reading it because I do like Starlin and I do like Alan Davis, like you said. Now, this next one is a book that I don't know why it exists because um, Amazing Spider-Man, after it relaunched after Secret Wars, every every uh, trade paperback was subtitled Worldwide. So it was Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide Volume 7 or whatever. And then, so this material has been covered in two of those worldwide trades. And then, for people who are buying the hardcovers, um, there's a, a bunch of material that doesn't that was skipped when they did the hardcovers, which doesn't impact this. So I don't know why they're publishing this trade because this trade covers what's already been previously collected in two different formats, and yet now they're just doing it again. Yeah, this this I I had sworn that I had seen this released in a hardcover format myself, and I'm like. Are they just putting it out in trade? I don't. Is this because it was a story arc specifically? But I didn't. I enjoyed Worldwide. I did not enjoy how they reprinted them in trade. It mm. was very like it just. It didn't seem the most value for your dollar. Oh God! It no. Seems like yeah. It was like four issue trades. Uh, it, like you were always trying to catch up with the story, or you felt like you were behind. So I hope one day. Like I have them digitally because I find that it's just that way. I buying it for two ninety nine felt better than what I had on my shelf, just taking up space that wasn't. I don't know, just felt disjointed. So hopefully, sometime in the future, they'll do a worldwide collection that's a little bit more. I don't know. Cohesive. I mean, cohesive. Exactly. Yes. I would be surprised if they didn't at some point. Um, Now we have Adventures of Spider-Man: Spectacular Foes graphic novel trade paperback. So this is collecting uh, issues that were originally in the Adventures of Spider-Man back in the '90s, which was stories told told in the animated style. Uh, And then below it, we have Uncanny Origins: Mutant and Monsters, which is collecting a book I've never heard of called Uncanny Origins, which is such a weird collection of. It says it has the origins of like Cyclops, Beast, Angel. Scarlet Witch, 
uh, Fire Lord, uh, you know, Hulk, uh, Venom. Okay. Yeah. And it's in an animated style. Like it's just, it's. I don't know when this book originally would have come out, or you know, it's got a lot of people who were working back in the '90s, but it's not really for me. I don't think. It, but it's interesting. Yeah, this is this is for something for a kid in a in a bookstore to see and and be intrigued by the cover. I think that's about it. Okay. Uh, then we got some War of the Realms books. So we got War of the Realms, The Punisher, uh, War of the Realms, The X, uh, Uncanny X Men. Uh, again, covering their assorted miniseries. Uh, then in, uh, later on the next page, we've got in The Infinity Wars by Jerry Duggan, the complete collection hardcover, uh, collecting a lot of books, collecting basically the entirety of his Infinity War storyline, except for, I think, the the warp stuff, but he didn't really write it. Um, so I'm actually thinking about this because I, I read part of it on and on, but it was hard to kind of follow. There were so many different titles and to know what the continuity was to have it all in one big hardcover collection is very exciting to me. Yes, this I, I'm going to put on the list. This I will more than likely get because I was hearing good things about it. Um, but I some of it was very good. Some of it wasn't. Yeah. And I didn't know where. And, and I think sometimes, too, things aren't as good of a reading experience when it's scattered Hmm. and then when you have it all put together it's just more enjoyable so this one i I, i'd be interested in in getting okay uh we got fantastic four volume three so that's covering the current dan slot run uh we got major x i mentioned earlier by rob liefeld sorry you're gonna say something about fantastic four no just that that's probably another one i'll add to the list of something that i'll i'll collect and read all right are you going to collect the Major X? No. <laughs> After, uh, that's, that's okay. Uh, we've got Spider-Gwen, Gwen Stacy. So, again, this is part of the uh, the Rising Readers uh, kind of sub-catalog. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm glad it exists. I wish it told me which issues it's actually covering. That's my one issue here is that I understand they're trying to, you know, just kind of create these easy, large, you know, graphic novels, 272 pages, but you're not telling me what it's covering. So as someone who's actually read a lot of this material, I just want to know where it is. I think from what I can tell, these are the first 12 issues of these characters series that kind of spearheaded the popularity that became, you know, their, their character and, and following. So I'm guessing for 263 pages, or 272, you're getting the first 12 issues of Spider-Gwen. Okay. I mean, and again, you cannot beat the price point, 13 bucks no. US. Like, I know it's a slightly great. smaller trim size, but that's just Still, so much content. Yeah, it's a great price, especially to get someone to start reading. That's a great idea. I love that. For sure. Now, on the next page, I'm adding this to mine. It's Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, The Unexpected Thing. I love Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. When I got to talk to Sean McKeever about it, like I just that felt so exciting to me to be able to say like I love this book. And so being able to have it all reprinted in these big beefy trade paperbacks, even if they're a little smaller, I don't care. Um, I have read this. It's really it's really good. I have all the original trades. Uh, my ex in, in university, she read it. She didn't like comics. I got her to read it. My wife read it, loved it as well. Like it's, I cannot wait to own thicker hard, uh, sorry, thicker collections of this volume. Uh, if you want to borrow it, just you know, I'll, I'll let you borrow it, or just spend thirteen bucks. Yeah, I might, I might do that if it, if you're, you know, if it's that high on your list of books uh, that you love. It's definitely different. It's it's not said in any continuity. Recognize it's just. 
you know, Mary Jane having her own adventures and, uh, you know, her own stories. And Spider-Man's there and Peter's there. And, you know, it's it's got a little bit more of the soap opera thing. But I always thought it was really well done and something I liked. And maybe it just appealed to the 13 girl inside me. <laughs> uh, then we got Marvel Monograph, again, part of Marvel Pop Art Productions. And now we're into November. Uh, so before we started podcasting, you were like, how long do you think this is going to go? I'm like, oh, we're going to do this in an hour. And then, uh, then I was like, "Holy shit, that's not happening!" Yeah, no, I, I had a feeling. I, I mean, you, you, you knew better than I did, right? Yeah, but we like this. This is what we do. We I take know. as much time as we want. <laughs> so we got until the wives tell us to get off the, the phone. That is correct. <laughs> so we got Marvel monograph, the art of Stuart Eminem trade paperback. So this, I'm, I'm not sure because, like, I love his art, but again, do I love the covers or do I love the interiors? Is having a trade paperback, 112 pages of his art, enough? Um, I don't know. He, you know what? He's one of those artists who having a book like this might be interesting because jarring isn't the right word, but his art changes hmm. so significantly from from era to era or book to book like you can tell a Stuart Eminem artwork but like for instance in something like Secret Identity that he did with Kurt Busiek on Superman doesn't look like his X-Men art at all true so I like that there's that variation to his work that would be interesting when it's all collected to see how he adjusts it but I don't know if I'd start collecting Marvel monographs but this one would might be interesting for the study of his work mm-hmm uh, next up, we got the Savage Sword of Conan, the original Marvel Year's Omnibus Volume 2. Again, not really for me, but thank God it exists, because I know so many people have been clamoring, especially for this book, for years. Yeah, and I, I remember my uncle, this is what he collected, and the Buscema art in there is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's not your typical comic book. It's just no. it's something else. It's something special. Yes. Yes, that that stuff was incredible art. That's, I think, what, if I remember reading correctly, was his preference to draw, so you really get the best of Buscema. Mm. Now we have uh, The Avengers Endgame, the art of the movie hardcover slipcase. Now, it says author is Eleni Russo's. Is that any? Is that the same spelling as the Russo brothers, or no? No, no, that has the O. The Russo's okay. just have the, the R-U. Ah, okay. Just, just random, then. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, coincidental maybe. Uh, then we got Star Wars Volume Twelve, which is on my list because I have been buying all these volumes, uh, so I continue to to read the the main Star Wars book. I cannot believe it's been going on this long now, but I continue right. to buy it. Uh, we got some more of those Star Wars Age of the Resistance uh, trade trade paperbacks we talked about last time. This time, Heroes. Uh, we also have a Journey to Star Wars Episode Nine trade paperback, which is classified. Uh, so don't know what it's collecting. Don't know who wrote it. Don't know who's the artist. No, nothing. Yeah, put that on my list. No. <laughs> you know, with that creative team, I mean, who could say no? Right. Uh, we got Savage Avengers Volume One. Um, I'm thinking about this one. Um, thinking about it, creative team is is intriguing. It's a very strong creative team. Uh, you know, I love Diodato. I really like Jerry Duggan. Uh, so I feel like I'm probably going to buy this. I'm just not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll, I, if I'm going to give this uh, series a chance, it'll be in this format. And I want to see how, you know, the I, I'm, I'm big on the reviews to see if it's worth my while. But mm-hmm. this one this one might go on the list. I really like the logo for Savage Avengers, like with the with the sword through Avengers. Like that just looks badass. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's a, it's a nice choice. 
Uh, next page. Oh, look, our favorite, my favorite things to not buy but want to anyway. Uh, we got the X-Men milestones for <laughs> Fatal Attractions as well as Executioner's Song. You can't get much more 90s than that. Uh, so, again, for, if you don't already own this somehow, here's your chance. Yeah, you know, if you've never owned it, you're right. This is a great way to, because these all kind of follow each other. They do. So far, what I've seen. So, like, Executioner's Song, Extinction Agenda. What was the other one that, you, uh, that was listed so far? Inferno. Uh, Inferno, yeah. And, and actually, I mean, these ones, like, literally go right back to back. Like, you have... Uh, yeah. Uncanny 294 to 297 and the next one is 298 to 300 and 303 to 304 so you're right like you're going right back to back there yeah see that th- th- if you haven't done it yet it's a good way to, to jump into them and they'll look they'll look good too on your shelf I have this Fatal Attractions non-omnibus omnibus that I need <laughs> to get around to reading I, I found it for a really great price when I was on like an X-Men kick and I'm like I'm getting that and I've never gotten around to reading it. But oh, you should read it, and then we should uh, podcast about it. Yeah, because that, that was the one where, was it uh, X-Men 25, the, the big yeah, absolutely. Wolverine moment? Yeah, That's the big one. Uh, next, we got Venom by Donny Cates. So if you haven't uh, experienced Venom by Donny Cates, you can uh, jump in with the hardcover of the first year. Um, and then after that, we got the Doctor Strange Epic Collection, Triumph and Torment. So obviously named after the amazing graphic novel, but it's also collecting 13 issues of one of the Squadron Supreme, sorry, Sorcerer Supreme titles. Uh, also on this page, you have X Factor Epic Collection, collecting the Examinations uh, storyline. Uh, so that's interesting. It's also interesting that this is going to be running into the issues that are running during... Um, Executioner song, but it doesn't collect any of the other issues except for the X Factor chapters. So those are going to be jarring as hell. Mm-hmm. And so there's probably going to be like very extensive text pages saying, "Well, this is what you missed." Right. Yeah, I'm not into that so much. Uh, X Men Classic: The Complete Collection. I I always think about buying like the omnibus and then or buying these complete collections of this because like I have the original, you know, uh, Claremont uh, X Men and omnibus format, and this is a nice companion. But I just I don't know if I like the art by Bolton enough, um, so that's kind of been a deterrent. Right. That's just me. Uh, people love Bolton. I just, uh, for me, I just can't quite get into it. Yeah. Uh, then we got the Marvel Masterworks with more Amazing Spider-Man, so we're past the issue 200 now. Uh, then we got the official handbook of the Marvel Universe Omnibus. Part of me wants this, but I don't know why. <laughs> like, it's not current. Like, the information is, like, you know, almost 40 years old. Like, I think this is very much for the nostalgia guys, the guys who had this growing up. It meant something to them. They, you know, they went through it again and again. Now you've got an entire collection of it. Yeah. And look at the people involved, like Grunewald, Tom DeFalco. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. speaking of Tom DeFalco, now by the time this podcast comes out, we'll we'll already know what it's about. But did you see that? Obviously, in the last couple of days, Marvel's been dropping a lot of teases about something happening in August, some sort of project or projects with a lot of different creative teams being teased. Have you seen this at all? No, I have not. Okay, so well, there's been a lot of teases. Uh, um, I don't even know if I could tell you all of them, but they all have the same background, and you have all these different creators have now been tweeting out their. Uh, you know, their connection. So there was one that said, uh, you know, just Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. So they're doing something in August. And? Well, absolutely. I, I pretty much said that on Ron Friends' page. I'm like, yeah, I don't care what it is. Uh, whatever you guys are doing, I'm in. Uh, there's yeah. a there's a lot of people. There's 
who have been involved. We can talk about this maybe after the podcast. But And by the time this podcast comes out, I think we'll already know. I think they're announcing it on the 10th of May. But uh, as of right now, don't know what it is. But if you put Ron Friends and Tom DeFalco together, I'm going to read it. Um, we got Marvel Team Up issues one to six, so I'm glad that they've kind of brought back the Marvel Team Up uh, format. Um, I'll kind of wait to hear if I hear good things um, because yeah. I don't feel a need to pick this up. Um, not this is this is mean, but like I don't know the creative team; they're not names I've ever heard before. It's less likely I'm going to pick this up on the lark. Right. Yeah. Although it I would have to, it, would, it would require good critical. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I like Miss Marvel and I like Spider Man, and they're kind of featured there. But uh, we'll, we'll is see. Is it the six issues of them? I don't know if they're doing all six issues with Miss Marvel, or I, I don't know who's in each issue. Okay. It definitely looks that way, but it's hard to tell. It does. Yeah. It um, does. Then we got Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man Volume Two, so that's on my list. Um, it's going to be on my list as well. I haven't. Volume. When does Volume One come out? I haven't read any Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. I don't yet. know if the first volume has actually come out yet. Okay. How is the series so far? I'm enjoying it. Okay. I mean, I'm buying in singles, and I'm going to have it in trade on my shelf, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's you know, it's been some fun stuff, and you know, they've definitely done some serious stories as well. But I'm enjoying it. Uh, I've never heard of League of Legends. What is this? This is a. Uh, I think this is an online game. It game. says it's the most played PC game in the world, and I've never yeah. heard of it. No, I've I've seen like. Um, walked by storefronts that I thought they were comic book shops because they had that big League of Legends logo in front. Okay. And it's like, it's a big, yeah, PC game. I've heard of it, never played it, but people who are into this, this is like, people play this for careers. Like, they, they set up a, an actual career where they get paid to play this. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Fearless, which we don't really know. I mean, there's no cover to it. It looks like it's a celebration of the women of Marvel, but we don't really know much else. And it doesn't tell us anything about the authors or artists, so I feel like I'd have to wait to see who's actually working on it to get a better sense. Then we can move into Marvel Visionaries, and I feel like I prefer Marvel Visionaries more when it's artists uh, as opposed yes. to writers. Um, yes, I agree. You got Chris Claremont, and you have a, a smorgasbord. Obviously, you have some prerequisite uh, Uncanny X-Men stuff. Um, but then you also have, you know, Avengers Annual number 10, which is a big appearance of Rogue, apparent, obviously. Uh, you got, you know, some New Mutants, some Wolverine, X, classic X-Men, Excalibur, like just kind of a, a bunch of different X-Books he's worked on, plus an issue of Daredevil I didn't know he wrote. Uh, we got the What If Classic, the Complete Collection, Volume 2. Not so complete, because obviously it's missing an issue. Now, I'm surprised, because I thought... Uh, no, I don't know enough about rights or this issue, but I thought this issue they could have maybe collected, because I thought it was about Conan. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, you know what it is? It's, uh, what if, um... What if the Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu fought on the side of Fu Manchu? So did they not have the ability to, pre- you know, to reprint that stuff? I thought when we got the Shang-Chi stuff that we could start reprinting this material again, but I guess not. Yeah, no, I, I, are you a big What If fan? Uh, I like Volume 2. I'm not as big a fan of Volume 1. Okay. So I, I'm waiting for eventually if they ever decide to do What If Classic and reprint the second volume, that would be for me. Uh, we got Fantastic Four, The Prodigal Son, so I guess it's a bunch of different Prodigal Son one-shots that are all one big storyline by Peter David. That's the only reason I would even give this a passing thought. Otherwise, no thank you. 
Um, but the next one. Well, I'm buying this in. This. I'm buy, Yeah, I'm buying this in the in singles, and I'm definitely buying this in trade. And, and how is it so far? I've heard good things about it. Honestly, I'm loving it. It's great. Um, Chip Zdarsky, Zdarsky, I mean, he's great. The art by Bagley is fantastic. Um, like, this was an instant buy. Uh, both, And I knew I was going to buy this in multiple formats, and I didn't care. Yeah. No, I'm definitely going to pick this up. Uh, next up is the Deadpool by Joe Kelly, the complete collection. So, you know, they will print everything and anything with Deadpool in it. This has already been reprinted in an omnibus format. Uh, as part of the um, Deadpool Classic Collection, but now you're just getting the Joe Kelly stuff in a nice, complete collection. So I think that's pretty cool that they're putting it together like this. It's not something I'm going to buy, but for fans of Deadpool who don't have it in other formats, this is great. This I might check out, because I've I've heard that the Deadpool by Joe Kelly is, you know, the kind of definitive one to read that kind of put him on the map to, to where he is now. So I might pick this up to get a nice, good intro to Deadpool. Should I be writing this on your list? Oh, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> All and right. you know what I like, too? It's got... Yeah, I like I like a good, hefty collection like that where you feel like you're getting your money's worth. Oh, it's 432 pages. You're getting a lot yeah. of money's worth. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, next up, we have an epic collection for me, so a Daredevil epic collection. Uh, this is volume four, although it doesn't tell you what's in it. That's weird. It's very weird. Uh, people have noticed this a bunch of different places that you know there's no no one actually knows exactly what issues is going to be in it, and then right below it and is another absolute buy: the Mutant X Complete Collection Volume Two. Yeah, that's the one that you were very happy about getting for uh, was it your birthday or Christmas? Something like that. Yeah, at some point. Uh, so I'm very excited to get this, basically just in time for my next birthday. So will this complete the series? Or yes. Is, uh... Oh, okay, that's good. That's nice. Yeah, so it'll be a nice, uh, two nice trade paperbacks on my shelf. So I'm very excited about this. I love Mutant X. Uh, I've told Howard Mackey as such, and so I'm very excited to be able to have it all on my shelf. Cool. Uh, nice. More Marvel Select. We've got the Fantastic Four Behold Galactus Marvel Select hardcover. We, I feel like they keep doing this storyline in hardcover. Because it didn't like last year we had one of these, but it was like in a giant format, and now we're having it. Too. And now we're having it in the Marvel Select format. Like it's just like pick, make your mind up. Oh, so wow. is this, is it collecting the same stuff? I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it is. Uh, actually, this this looks like it has some John Byrne content in it. It does. It has his stuff from what, 242 to 244. He also has yeah. some Buscema from the 120s. So it, yeah. I, I guess it's different stuff as well. A bunch of different Galactus storylines. This is, again, this should be their 80 years yes. tag on this one. This is a perfect one to have. Maybe that's what they mean by Marvel Select. Maybe that's kind of their evergreen stuff. Their, their big stuff yeah. that, you know, the, the, their reprintable stuff that they should always have in stock. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Next up is Silver Surfer Black. Now, when I first saw it, I was like, wait a minute. Is this another Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale book? Because I feel like yeah. you, can't, you can't put a color on a book and not have me think it's one of those. Yes, you're right. And it's not. <laughs> no, but it's Donnie Cates, who, you know, a good, good, strong writer. I, I don't know Trad Moore's art, but it seems like it's a, it's not an ongoing. It looks like it's a, just a series. Yeah, it looks, it looks like it's a miniseries, and the, uh, the cover art is kind of interesting and kind of weird looking, but uh, I kind of yeah. like it. I feel Me like, I, I don't know if I can go back to reading Silver Surfer after reading the Sublime Dan Slot uh, Silver Surfer, oh. but... So good. Right? It's hard to go back. 
Yeah, I'm gonna start reading the um, the epics that I have of uh, of Silver Surfer. I'm I'm really hoping they print a, uh, a epic collection of the first Silver Surfer run with the John Buscemas. Oh, it's gonna happen eventually. Yeah, I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> so next we have the Punisher collecting that current series. We got Tony Stark Iron Man collecting his current series. Um, Are you reading this? The Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't love it, but I. I don't hate it either. Like it, it, it's fine. Um, if you don't already have Vision, like I originally had it in two soft covers, which I think I might actually still have. Then I got the Vision uh, hardcover, and now they're reprinting it again as a complete collection with all twelve issues at once. If you don't own this, go buy it. It's so good. Yeah, this 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 is one of those things that even if you don't love comic books, that you you could read this, and it's a great story. It's great pretty. Story. It's pretty crazy. Uh, we got yeah. Deadpool by Scotty Young. I do love that cover. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty dope. Uh, then we got Amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer, Volume Five. So that's a must-have for me. On the list for me too. All right, we have big lists this time. I feel like uh, this is a, it, before we started recording. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to be buying a lot of this stuff. I think we had. I had more the last time, and I haven't bought half of the things that I had on that list. But you're keeping track. I think this time. This time I'm writing it down. Yeah, you're writing it down. Uh, we got Adventures of the X-Men, Rites of Passage. So again, collecting more of the 90s animated... Sorry, not... It's told in the animated style. It was coming out when the animated series was big. It's funny, though, that, uh, you know, it's, what, $17, which isn't bad. But then you consider that the original issues were a dollar each. Right. So that feels weird. <laughs> feels weird to pay, uh, you know, three times the original uh, prices. And I'm sure you could probably find these in a twenty, like a, a dollar bin or a you know, fifty cent bin. I'm sure they're not going for a lot of big bucks. No, definitely not. Uh, more on the Marvel Select, which again is maybe their way of saying it's really the Marvel 80th. We got the Iron Man Extremist Marvel Select hardcover. Um, I've never so, read this. No. No, nope, never read this. Uh, you should read it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've I've heard only It, it definitely pioneered certain, like a lot of things that became ubiquitous for Iron Man for years. Um, right. Certain visual uh, aesthetics. Obviously, Adi Granoff was very important for the creation of the Iron Man armor for the movies. Um, so you see yep. some of that here. Um, I will say the art is at times a little sparse. Um, it's not as filled in as it, it feels like it could be. The world feels that's like. Why, that's why I was always a little bit. I heard about it, but when I flipped through it, I'm like. <sighs> It feels the art feels computerized, and then it feels like it's not all there. Half yes, the time, so and so. yeah, and I would say that is a very real feeling. Yeah, but it's still good. Yeah, no, I heard it's nothing but good things about it. And then we're into December, so we're an hour and a half in. Woo! <laughs> Fine for December. So we got Star Wars Doctor Afra, which I don't really purchase. I don't buy it. Um, Star Wars Age of Resistance Villains trade paperback. Uh, we got another Marvel monograph, The Art of Ed McGinnis. I'm really thinking about this one. Yeah? Uh, I feel like it would be more on his cover work. I don't think you'd see a lot of his interiors, and I think that those would hold up very well in this type of format. Hmm. So I'm thinking about it. I, I haven't really come down on buying any of them, but if I had to, I would be considering it. Uh, next, we've got the Savage Sword of Conan, Conan the Gambler. Now, I'm really torn because part of me wants to buy this because I'm buying all the singles. Uh, and I also want to have it on my shelf. But part of me says, you're buying all your singles. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, 
it's Finch. It's got. Who's the main writer for this? Is it Finch or Zub or I Thomas? Th- I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very unclear on exactly what this is. Cool cover, though. Oh yeah, it's an awesome cover. It's. I mean, it, I'm really. As I said, I'm enjoying Savage Sword more than I'm enjoying the main Conan book. But obviously, it's a totally different creative team. So maybe I won't feel that way when I get to Conan the Gambler. But I'm definitely excited, and I'm getting more and more excited to read more Conan because, again, it, it's a character that you can do so much with and do so many different things, and it all works. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to read more. We got Iron Man Invincible Origins. Uh, so this is a Howard Chaykin story. It's interesting. I don't know if it says I need to buy this, but it definitely nope. is interesting. Yeah, I didn't know he wrote what he, he did uh, an Iron Man story. Yeah, me either. Um, now, this omnibus, I'm not sure about. we got the Iron Man, the Mask and the Iron Man omnibus. It collects right after the uh, Iron Man by Kurt Busiek and Sean Chen omnibus. Uh, I'm torn because I already own some of this in trade paperback, but there's a bunch of this that has never been collected anywhere before. Um, that being said, they weren't the greatest issues, so I'm not sure if that matters. Um, so I'm just really torn because I'd rather have this entire kind of Heroes Return era in, in softcover, and they've started, I believe, putting it out, but I'm not sure how far they're going to go, how long is it going to take, um, so I'm just really torn if I should buy this or not. I have the first volume of this omnibus, and I, I haven't read it all, but when I do read it, I enjoy it. It's fun. So, it's yeah, fun. so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm considering this, and it's written by some great creators, so like it's not like there's anything wrong with the writing. I'm just, just not sure if I want to have it in omnibus format because I'm not as in love with the omnibus format as I used to be. Um, yeah. Probably because I ran out of room. So, you know, uh, yeah, that, I still, that, that helps. I still that, that want helps. them, but I don't necessarily buy them anymore. I've got Marvel Masterworks into the John Byrne era. That's exciting for people who love Masterworks. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Uh, we got the, the last of the Timely's greatest uh, omnibuses that we see in this collection, uh, sorry, in this uh, catalog. This is the Human Torch by Carl Burgos. Or Burgos, I don't know how to pronounce that. This is the one, if I was going to buy any of them, this is the one I would buy. How come? Uh, I love the visual aesthetic of the character. Um, very different from Human Torch. Like, obviously it's a... Sorry, Johnny Storm. Um, they just... They, they, re- they rendered the fire a little differently. And I think this is a character I'd be more interested to kind of learn more about. Like, I, I know Namor. I don't really know anything about this character. Like, I've read Jim Hammond's stories, but they're all, none of them are from the original uh, stories. So I'm, this is the one I would be curious to own. Okay. The cover doesn't intrigue me as much. I think out of all of the covers, perhaps the Namor one was felt like the classiest. This one seems a little bit... Uh, I mean, it shows its age. It's very it seems very basic, but I understand why you would have the intrigue in owning it. But I don't also don't think I can spend one hundred ninety dollars. But at least this one's a thousand pages. There you go. Yeah, see, that makes it a little bit uh, a, a little less painful, but still pretty painful. Uh, then we yeah. got now we, we spoke earlier, but we got Absolute Carnage issues one to four by Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. Uh, you also have, I guess, a bunch of other trades that are tying in. You have Absolute Carnage. Uh, a, trade paperback, B, trade paperback, C, trade paperback. So it's so early that they don't really know the names of these trade paperbacks. They don't know anything about the material, who's working on them. So it's a giant pass until they can give me more. Yeah, they're, they're really going hard with this Carnage stuff. I didn't know there was such a uh, a market for people who love Carnage. Uh, it's, it's coming out of a lot of what um, has been done in the current Venom storyline. So it's, com- it's, it's really building out of that. 
Uh, we got Invaders Volume Two. We got the X Force Epic Collection Executioner Song. So, I mean, this is actually collecting the entire Executioner Song, which makes me curious. When the X Men Epic Collections, if they get this far, are they also going to collect the entire storyline, or are they not? Right. And it's interesting that it's like a month or two after the regular Executioner Song Milestones version. <laughs> Right. It's kind of crazy. But, I mean, it is still part of the X-Force line, so you have more of the X-Force issues, plus you have, like, a New Warriors issue as well. So it's kind of a, a, an interesting collection. You also have two issues of Cable, Blood, and Metal, so uh, very interesting how they're choosing to do the epic collections. I think you're going to fall for these milestones and just get them all. I don't think it's going to happen. But I want it to happen. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't... Because each one's like 50 bucks, right? So, like, if I'm going to buy them all, it's like, you know, it's hundreds, yeah. of, hundreds of dollars. It's not just going to be one. you got to buy them all. Yeah, right? I know. We don't stop. We well, and this is, this is specifically designed to make you not stop. They're like, well, look at all these other ones. They all go in this nice, beautiful line. The big question for me is what's going to be in, our, in the next catalog. Like, how far do they go with these milestones? Because yeah. so far, it's all these ones that have been reprinted numerous times. At what point did we start getting these milestones that maybe haven't been reprinted this much? Then I'm more curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got X-Men Reload by Chris Claremont. So it's the third time Chris Claremont came, uh, or his third run, I should say, on the X-Books. Um, I read these when they happened. They weren't great. They weren't terrible either. Like, his second run was, was rough. But his third run was fine. Um, I'm not sure if I'll buy them, but I'm. it's making me curious. Uh, we got the second volume of Ironheart. So are we going to say something about Uncanny X-Men? No. No, no? okay. Um, then we, go, we have Thanos. So another, so many Thanos books. But I guess this is supposed to be uh, a history of Thanos and more about uh, Gamora. Um, I think the first issue just came out. Uh, so this is by Teeny yes. Howard, Ariel Olivetti. I sometimes like Olivetti and sometimes I don't. And I don't know Teeny Howard at all. Yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking about getting this book on off of the rack but uh i i didn't know anything about it and how if it was a continuation of the last thanos i don't think so did you did you read that one the one that started with jeff lemire and i did finished off by donny cates that was so good it was really good i really enjoyed that one uh so next we have dicko is amazing king size hardcover in monster trim size it's interesting that it's what a month or two after the dicko visionaries and collecting three of the same issues and this one does have amazing fantasy but doesn't have amazing spider-man one but has amazing amazing uh, spider-man like three eleven to thirteen twenty four like just a weird a bunch of weird choices but uh like you can't go wrong with the Master Planner storyline. You can't go wrong with Amazing Fantasy 15. And the first two Amazing Spider-Man annuals are pretty cool. So uh, it's interesting. And I think, too, where you start off with Ditko's art on Spider-Man to where you, when you get to the Master Planner story, it's uh, you really see that sort of growth and his his like the character really felt like it was his yes you know so seeing that transition is, is fun to watch and when you're going you know first issue almost middle of the run to near end of the run that'd be kind of cool for sure wouldn't buy it i'd rather just have the full yeah, yeah. Before, first volume of the omnibus but it's cool uh we got dead man logan volume two so having read these as they're coming out volume one is his is, is its own story and volume two is a separate story but it's all under kind of the main dead man logan 
um, like maxi series, but uh, it's 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 pretty good. I, I will say, but there, I, I'm not sure what volume two is going to be like because again, it's going to be completely different. And and how did you like the first volume so much? Was I really dug it. Good? I really dug yeah. it. I thought it, it was very enjoyable. Okay. Uh, we got X Men's Shattershot, uh, which is a pretty good uh, de- definition for the issues that it's, it's reprinting. Um, it's collecting issues 17 to 24, which is collecting, which was somewhat collected before in the Skinning of Souls trade paperback. Um, you got a couple annuals. You got an Uncanny X-Men. You don't really have any regular issues of Uncanny X-Men, just X-Men. And then you have the Shattershot um, annuals that were part of a, a big overarching storyline. Um, it bugs me that I, I want to read X-Men in trade. I want a large collection of, of good trades. Instead, they keep putting these these bigger hardcovers, and I don't really want to experience the X-Men of the 90s in this format. I don't know why. I, I know I'm in the minority there. Um, I just wish this was a soft cover and not a tra- uh, not a hardcover. Yeah, I have um, Mutant Massacre and the uh, Mutant Genesis in, in this type of format, and it's nice, but it they don't continue what follows it. You know, they're kind of like those evergreen style collections but they kind of are now right because if like if you like the, the collection before this would be the hardcover of executioner song and the one right after this would be the hardcover for fatal attractions so like you can do a thorough like a, a thorough line and like there's the x-men the wedding well you can kind of continue that after the fatal attractions one so you can read a lot of x-men but you end up having to have a bunch of different hardcovers that were published at various different points and um, you know, it's not as smooth a transition as maybe you'd like. Right, exactly. Uh, we got ugh, talking about things that bug me. Um, X Men Summers and Winter. So this is a bunch of unrelated one shots that they've thrown together in this trade paperback, which is overpriced considering it's only three of them. Um, and I would say only one of them is really well. I mean, the exterminated didn't. You, it, you're not going to miss anything if you missed it. Um, I would have put that with the exterminated. Um, um, or extermination, or whatever it was called, the extermination um, soft cover. I think it should have been in there, but instead they hurried that out the door and then had this, you know, orphaned one shot. Then you have this Uncanny X Men annual, which absolutely should have been in the Uncanny X Men trades. There was no forgiveness here. It's very important to understand how did Cyclops come back from the dead. You need this issue, but instead of putting it in the regular series where he makes he's prominently featured, you put it in this weird trade paperback that no one's going to buy because no yeah. one's going to know to find it. It's not numbered. It's not. It just has this weird title. No one's going to know to find this title here. It just bugs the hell out of me. I don't know who this is for. It's, it, like I would never feel any interest to buy this. But one of the issues is extremely important and actually good. The Uncanny X Men Annual. But you're never. But you're never going to know that it's there. Right. Anyways, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. <laughs> So speaking of Marvel Select, so we have more of Thor, the God of Thunder. We got the God Butcher Marvel Select hardcover, collecting the first five issue of Jason Aaron's run. So again, this is them figuring out more ways to milk Jason Aaron's Thor. You've had various different hardcovers, the original hardcovers, the oversized hardcovers. You have the um, the original trades. You have the complete collection trades now, and you have the you know there's going to be an eventual omnibus. But this is just another way of them putting this into a format that people can pick up. Which, so far, has been your favorite format for this? I have them in the original hardcovers that they did that had the... I don't own it in any format, actually. Oh, no? I know. I know. It's shocking. I actually almost bought it this morning. 
Um, I was at Silver Snail and I almost bought the complete collection. And I'm like, eh, I know it's going to be an omnibus. And I feel like it's an omnibus worth buying. So that I'm kind of just putting it off. Yeah, I, re- I read the whole the first 25 issue run of it and uh, parts of what followed. But it, I, I, again, it was similar to the Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide where it was like, I'm, I'm not... They did the Thor one to eight, and then they restarted it. So I kind of got lost in where to where to read and pick up on it. So mm. the complete collection might be a, a route that I'll go down the road later on because I hear nothing but like epic oh, yeah. things about his story. Oh, for sure. Um, the next uh, next page, we got two epic collections. We have another Defenders one. I think it's the one ending that original title, uh, as well as we have another Power Power Man and Iron Fist collection. Um, I'm not picking them up, but I am very happy that they're doing the Power Man Iron Fist. Yeah, I was I was thinking about adding this to my list because I have the first two volumes of it, um, but I don't know if where it goes to next is necessarily the strongest stuff. That's true. I, but, I, I but think you, people you would get agree. Early Kurt Busiek, though. That's true. So am I putting it on your list or not? Nah, I think I'm going to skip. Okay. Uh, another uh, another character soon to be an animated series, which I never thought I'd be able to say that. Uh, we got uh, Tigra, the complete collection. What do you think? Uh, cool that that there, it's coming out with a complete collection. Not on my radar. Didn't okay. know they were making this a, an animated series. Don't know much about this character, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, me either. And I, I I'm not going to pick it up. But I, you know what? If I saw it on sale, I probably would. Um, a lot of material I've never read. That's always exciting to me about a character I don't know that much about, which again is exciting to me. Um, it's just again not quite on my radar at the price point, but a lot of material, a lot of different creators. Uh, you're definitely getting your bang for your buck here. Like there's no shortage of content. Right. Uh, the next page we have Avengers versus Fantastic Four, which is a weird grab bag, and I'm not sure why. Unless we're eventually getting a movie about this, like I don't know what, why they're doing this. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I always wonder who these who these things are for when there's no like there's when you're reading it, it's just going to be jarring. Do you know what I like? But oh, for I sure, people buy it because they keep making them. They do. I don't know. But the but the next visionaries, they should almost put it as a set with the Romita, Ditko, and Kirby that they've had so far. Like these are kind of cool. Yeah, but this is Romita Junior now, so we're talking about the the youngster. Oh. Right, I didn't even realize that it was his uh, Spider-Man there in that famous cover. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's cool, cool. it's an interesting collection because you have Amazing Spider-Man two twenty nine to two thirty. So you have that's the nothing can stop the Juggernaut, Juggernaut story. Then you yeah. have the World Trade Center story. That's jarring. Uh, that's uh, yeah. That's annual very Annual eleven. I'm not sure which one that is. You have Iron Man one twenty eight, which is the classic. Uh, I believe that's the classic Demon in a Bottle issue. Uh, then you have an issue that he did. Uh, just before the Demon, oh, sorry, the Iron, um, Armor Wars 2 storyline in Iron Man. So I'm not sure the significance of that issue. You have two random issues of Uncanny X-Men. You have a Starbrand issue. You have a random Daredevil issue, uh, which is probably like not even one of the ones he's most known for. You have two issues of the Man Without Fear storyline. Weird that you're not like you're going to have two issues and not all five. You have a random issue of two random issues of Hulk, and you have Punisher Wars on number one. I'm just I don't know what this is. Yeah. If it was Ramita Sr., a little more appealing. Not that I love Ramita Jr., but with the with what's collected there, it's like Man with a 
Top Fear 1 and 2? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Like, And again, I, I just feel like I would pick different things if I was looking for kind of the best and to get a best sense of John Romita Jr. I mean, he worked with Marvel for over 30 years. You have a lot of content to choose from. I just feel like it's weirdly centered in his early like 80s period. And then one one or two books from his 90s period and then some weird stuff from the 2000s. Yeah, like the Amazing Spider-Man 229 and 30 makes sense because you've got a story where you can see, you know, a beginning and end with the other ones. It's like you're just putting Man Without Fear 1 and 2 so I can go out and buy the whole Man Without Fear storyline basically. Basically. Like teaser. Yeah. Uh, next up we have Loki, Agent of Asgard, The Complete Collection. I think I'm putting this on my list. Never read this. Was it good? Oh, it was, it was amazing. It was really special. It was something like Al Ewing is can well can be an amazing writer, and this is I would say one of his highlights. Um, it's just it's a lot of crazy fun kooky stuff with a kind of a, a I'm going to call him sexy sexy Loki. Uh, after the kid Loki was kind of dispensed with, he was aged again, and then we had the sexy Loki, and uh, it's really something special. Cool. It's different. You, you're never going to read something like this again. Um, and when it ended, I was, I was very sad it ended because I love this rendition of the character and Al Ewing was amazing on it. Cool. Uh, then we have Champions by Jim Zub, Volume 2. I'm putting this on my list. I don't like that it's only four issues, but... Yeah, I don't love that, but, uh, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> Nothing. I'm I'm enjoying the the title. I'm excited to see uh, Cyclops kind of meeting up with the champions because now he remembers being a kid and being on their team. So uh, I'm excited to see what it what it what it reads like. That's cool. Uh, we got Avengers by Jason Aaron, Volume Four. Um, I have not. not on my list. Have not. This is on yours. Yep. All right. I'm, I've been I've been collecting these. Jason Aaron. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Again, soon to be an animated series. We got Modoc Head Trips Trade Paperback. An animated series. Yeah, Modoc. I guess the the, the Disney X uh, will it be there? Is that where? I think it was Hulu. Actually, I, I I can't remember, which is terrible. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Would you pick up this collection of weird stuff? No. I would say I, I if you don't already own it, which you don't. Um, it, it would be worth it just for one particular um, miniseries inside of it, which is uh, Supervillain. Uh, sorry, what's it called? Um, Super Supervillain Team Up Modox Eleven. That is an amazing miniseries. Okay, it's worth buying it just for that. Huh. It's got some. It's got two bucks though. Yeah, it's a little expensive, but I mean, it's got some interesting stuff because you got a lot of historical stuff with you know Modox first appearances, which is pretty cool. One thing I will say is that I like that it's got Incredible Hulk 287. You got four issues there. You've got, like you said, the one to five, and then there's another Modoc Assassin one to five. So you you're getting some complete series, which is which is good. Yeah, uh, I just double checked, and it looks like yes, uh, Hulu is doing four uh, original adult animation series. There's Marvel's Modoc, Marvel's Hit Monkey, Marvel's Tiger and Dazzler show. What? Uh, Marvel's Howard the Duck, and then there's going to be Marvel's The Offenders, uh, which is it's culminating in a special. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, next, we have Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky. That's an absolute buy for me. And that series is going well? Oh, yeah. It's been great. Um, I'm hoping it's still going well by Volume 2, but I'm really enjoying it. 
then we got Legends of Marvel trade paperback. So celebrate the 80th anniversary with creative teams reuniting for incredible collaborations from Peter David and Dale Keown's Incredible Hulk to Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz's uh, New Mutants. You don't want to miss this collection of Marvel's bright, best and brightest. Could be exciting. Could be, I guess so. It's all new one shots. I mean, it's basically for people who want to see, you know, Roy Thomas and uh, Jerry Ordway together, and Peter David and Keown and Claremont and Senkovich. Like, there's some really great creative teams here. Definitely, that's true. That's uh, true. Then we got Death's Head in a trade paperback. That's a pass for me. Uh, yeah, mine too. For those few Death's Head fans that exist, yay. <laughs> Uh, for the Avengers, we have another epic collection, The Gatherer's Strike. Are you buying the Avengers collections? I am buying the Avengers collections, but I'm most likely only going to collect up until the Judgment Day. I don't know if I'm going to collect any of the epic collections after that. It's interesting. So I've actually been wrestling with the fact that I kind of want to buy all the epic collections after Judgment Day. Huh. Because it's uh, material yeah. I've never really read, and it makes me more curious. Um Something about it, it just I mean, even just looking at this cover, like I've seen this cover before, but it's such a weird team. Yeah, and I think I think this was the from I've listened quite extensively to like Avengers Spotlight episodes and this was kind of that era where it was, you know, slap on the forehead mm. kind of stuff. There were some things here that were good, not everything is, is bad, but it's like after the Stern era that had such a, you know, it was it, it kind of set a standard for a while. This was one of those um, eras that Bob Harris was was good, but it wasn't the best yeah. Avengers stuff. Uh, next up, we have Spectacular Spider-Man, Loathe This Monster. So this is collecting the first two issues of the Spectacular Spider-Man magazine, or the only two That's issues. Cool. It's interesting that they're putting it together like this. Like, I think they're collecting it in the Epic Collections, these issues anyway, but... Uh, right. Interesting that they're doing it on its own. Um, I don't know if I don't think there's anything necessarily special about the format, so I'm kind of surprised they're doing it. Yeah, because it's it's a, it's a hefty press price point. Uh, yeah, but you are getting the same page count as you would for a trade. I guess. Right? Yeah, I guess it's also because it's such old material. Trade is Twenty bucks for 112 pages. This is classic stuff for 20 bucks. Yeah. Where you buy it? I guess. Uh, then we got Immortal Hulk Volume Five. This is also on your list. On the list. Two incro- two Immortal Hulk trades in one uh, in one catalog. Look at that. Nice. Um, then we got the Powers of X hardcover uh, by Jonathan Hickman, Pepe Larraz, and R. B. Silva, collecting Powers of X one to six and House of X number six. Um, I'm gonna have to say yes. I'm gonna buy this. Yeah, more than likely, I'll probably get it too. I have to see what this is about. I don't, even, I don't even think I need to see. I, I think I need to know it's Hickman writing X-Men, and he's always wanted to write X-Men. Let's do it. Yeah, I think you're right. So should I put this on your list, or you're, you're a maybe on this one? Uh, yeah, you can put this on my list. All right. Then we got Superior Spider-Man Volume 2, collecting the current run by Christos Gage. I'm picking that up as well. I've been buying that in both uh, trade and in uh, singles. Um, then we have... Black Panther Book 8, The Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda, Part 3. Are you still buying this? On my list? Um, Volume 2 hasn't come out yet, but I will put this on my list because I like Volume 1 so much. Okay. I do not like it at all. So it's one of the few times we very much disagree. Yeah, it hardly ever happens. I'm surprised you don't like this, but hey, it's bound to happen at some point. Once in a while, we're allowed to disagree. Yeah, 
only only once in a while. Uh, and the Fantastic Four, Volume Four again, another. It's like the uh, whole two two uh, two other trades coming out. Yeah. Have another. you been reading this or mm, not so much? Uh no, no, I have not. Um, well, here and there, I, I, Dan Slott's a bit of a hit and miss for me. Okay, I'd like to see how the how I enjoy the first two trades that I guess are going to be coming out. Well, one is out. I own the first one. But, see, again, look at the 10 to 13. Like, what? why? I'm not sure. Maybe like, they're, maybe they're, maybe they're um, you know, exercised issues. But it's a, only 120-page count. Then I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I'm just getting small little snippets of story because you... You're trying to maximize the amount of trades you're going to put out there. True. I don't know. We got Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, Volume Eight. I'm I love that book. Um, it's fantastic. I never read it. No. Um, I mean, no. you have to be okay with the fact that you know, the the main protagonist is this precocious, you know, brilliant girl who at times sometimes uh, shifts her mind into a devil dinosaur by accident, and uh, they have a weird little bond. Okay. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. <laughs> Uh, we got Ironheart, and so R- uh, Riri Williams has her own uh, of these Marvel Rising trades. So I'm actually surprised to see it, but I guess it shouldn't be surprising. So it's by Bendis and Caselli. I feel like for a new reader, though, there, it has a lot of baggage going in because you know Tony Stark's a, is a hologram. How does how, like how do you give this to a, a brand new reader and say, well, enjoy this? It's a really weird time in Marvel history. Do you think Do you think it's done with a text page to open up? That seems like a weird way to start a book that's supposed to be for new readers. True. So I don't know. I feel like you have to, but at the same time, that the, kind of defeats the purpose. Right. Uh, we've got an, another Adventures of Spider-Man um, uh, collection from the uh, you know kind of animated style. We've got another of these Uncanny Origins books. This time it's about, uh, I guess, what, Daredevil and a bunch of others. There's Iron Fist. Again, I don't really know who that's for. Um, we have another Squirrel Girl trade paperback. This time it's part of the Marvel uh, Rising catalog, catalog, which I think probably is the right call. I mean, being able to yes, this is a good call. give young readers, you know, this, although the page count is not nearly as hefty. Uh, the other ones we saw were more like two, 300 pages. This one's only 184. This could be the first eight issues because I know that that was a hardcover hmm. for, for Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. That was the first eight issues of a series, and I don't know if they put it to number one after those eight, but that could be this. And that's basically the end of the catalog. So then we have a, we the, the Rising Readers Checklist, where we actually have uh, the different trades that have already been mentioned in other uh, catalogs, uh, just showing all the ones that are part of this uh, this initiative. So I so far I have the Spidey, uh, which I love. I'm buying the Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane that I mentioned. Um, I have a lot of the other content in other formats, so I'm not really buying those. Um, but again, I'm glad it exists. It's it's cheap. It gets it into people's hands. Um, the trade dress is nice, and I think they'll mm-hmm. look nice on a shelf together. Yeah, no, these are um, these are great little books to, to get people into comics with, and they collect really strong stories. And in some cases, like the Spidey, I think that's the whole run, right? It is. You're getting a full story there, so that's a really good way to to get into it. The Miss Marvel is fantastic, but you're, unless they're going to do the next volume of it in this format this would be frustrating to just have that one volume knowing there's so much to follow that strong stuff. Well, there's already two volumes here, actually. Um, oh, there 
Eagle. So they've already published two. So that's you know they've already published a big chunk of her of her stuff. So that's great. And then after that, you you have a Star Wars checklist. So don't want don't want to miss that Star Wars stuff. And then we have uh, then they have the Marvel Select, so you can kind of see all the different Marvel Select books. Um, it's interesting. So this is their these are the Marvel Essentials, and these are the ones you can buy. It's interesting to see a Venom by Donny Cates as a Marvel Select. I don't think of that as an essential, uh, but you know whatever. Which one is it? The, 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 the at the bottom? Oh, the Rex. Yeah. It's weird, eh? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. And it's in trade. That's a trade. These are all trades. They're doing it in. No, these are the Marvel Select hardcover. Oh no, I guess they are the trades. Sorry, I'm, I'm wrong. Yes, yeah, Weird, eh? It's just interesting choices. It's interesting to see books like, um, uh, I'm just trying to see, like Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 1 on the same level as Craven's Last Hunt and Behold Galactus. Right? Just to, <laughs> doesn't I wouldn't usually put those things together. No. All right, well, Eric, we did it. We, we, we did it. We did the entire catalog. We'll never do it in an hour. Who are we kidding? I mean, I wanted to believe that I could. And my wife just walked in. Uh, she was uh, outside. And so she, she came in. Uh, sorry, that makes it sound like I made her stand outside for this. She was <laughs> she was at an independent event. She came home. And she just overheard us talking about the length of it. And I don't... Uh, the, the look on her face was like, there's no way you can do it less than an hour. A tight hour. A tight hour, yes. A tight hour. No, never. Never. The two of us, especially, never. No, possible. definitely not. That's why we usually need to be at a baseball game, so at least there's something else happening. <laughs> All right, well, Eric, thank you so much for uh, for coming on to uh, talk about the catalog, and we'll make sure to have you on next time we, we do one of these, and hopefully another episode as well. Yes, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Adam. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right.